0: Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your number one source for all things related to Ryzen, that's predictions, reviews, analysis, interviews, and all that stuff. I'm Andrew Benjamin, your host, and once again, joining me today is from Focus Fights, Christian Gary. Christian, how you doing?
1: I'm doing all right, Andrew. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. Uh, It's uh, not too bad up here in New York. Um, but the weather is starting to change. It's starting to get into that into that cool, fall, kind of cold, uh, uh, almost winter um, session. Uh, how are things all the way down back in, uh, I think it's in Texas, right? You're, it, you're yeah, in? Yeah,
1: Texas. Southeast Texas to be more specific. Even though it has been rainy, you're right. Leaves are starting to change. The atmosphere is about to change, and we're getting into the fall months when it comes down to... I mean, we're getting into the fall months when it comes down to this little fight thing we care about so
0: much. Yes, it is. But before we we get off into
1: talking about the rising card, we must first regret to inform you listeners that this past week, this past week, which ends on... I mean, if you're listening to this, we record, we're record we recording this on <laughs> September the 23rd. It is now, I mean, it should be now one week before the Rising event, or less than a week if you're listening to this now. Actually, a few days, but still, part of the matter is, before we get off into talking about Rising 13, we must regret to inform you about the passing of an MMA legend this past week.
0: Yes, uh, unfortunately, uh, I think, wasn't it, uh, was it Sunday or Saturday it was announced that uh, that North... No,
1: actually, it was late Monday, it was late Monday.
0: Okay, late Monday, that was I it. I
1: think September the twenty. 20- I think September the 17th, 2018, late Monday night,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we have received news, the entire MMA world received the news that... The legendary Norifumi Kid Yamamoto passed away due to terminal cancer. And as we all know, Norifumi Kid Yamamoto, he's basically, he basically had wrestling in his blood. He's basically one of the former members of the, I mean, one of the members of the Yamamoto wrestling family. His father, Ikawe, his sister, Sayu and Miyu, Seiyu and Miyu. Who are also world, I mean, who are also world renowned as former amateur wrestling champions. Obviously, Miyu is now getting into the gist of things in MMA. But obviously, Fumi Yamamoto, Kid Yamamoto, basically made his way first off wrestling as an, am, I mean, wrestling as an amateur in Japan before heading off to Tempe, Arizona, and wrestling at Marcos Deniza High School. As a young child, I mean, as not even a young child, basically a young man winning three Arizona State Interscholastic Association championships in 1995, 96, and 97, he parlayed that career into professional MMA after not making it to the 2000 Japanese Olympic wrestling team, and after starting his career off with a 17-1 record, he... I mean, he basically made names. (laughs) He not only won titles, he basically won the K-1 Heroes Lightweight Championship. I mean, he basically won the K-1 Heroes Middleweight Championship, which was really the lightweight title. He recorded the fastest knockout on record for a professional MMA promotion by... Knocking out little Hercules, Kazuyuki Miyata. I think that's what everybody else remembers about him. And, well, aside from the fact that his UFC career basically lasted four fights of disappointment, people will remember him a lot more for his accomplishments in Japan. Not only in professional MMA, But in kickboxing as well, when he faced off against Masato at K1 Premium Dynamite in 2004 at the Kiyosara Dome, which is now the Osaka Dome. And he was also a good submission grappler as well. But, again, Yamamoto, he had terminal cancer. I mean, he basically had stomach cancer. He was originally diagnosed with that. I think in the midpoint in the midpoint of the summer, but he announced that over Instagram basically less than a month ago, really. He announced that on October I mean he announced that on August twenty sixth on Instagram that he was diagnosed with cancer and again this past Monday he passed away due to terminal stomach cancer at the age of forty one. So, in lieu of basically yapping to you about his highlights and all that he's done in the world of combat sports, which is plenty because he was.
0: Sorry, Christian? I think we watched Christian. Sorry, Christian. Hey, Andrew. So, you, sorry about Andrew, that.
1: Andrew, you mind if we? I'm sorry, man.
0: You no, that's okay. Restu- go ahead. Go go back to what we were saying. You were about to say something in lieu of a uh, career highlights. Oh yeah, let me
1: go ahead and rethink a little bit.
0: That's fine. So yeah,
1: as I was saying before, before we got. Disconnected a bit, in lieu of career highlights, in lieu of talking about how Noi Fumi was one of the best representatives, I guess, for lighter weight fighters. He, going all the way up to, I think it's
0: just, fair. I'm sorry to interrupt. I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to say that he was a representative at one time, um, because he was really this. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, if... He was basically one of the best pound for pound fighters of all. But in lieu
1: of all of that, we ask that you please take a moment's silence as we honor the memory of Noifumi Kid Yamamoto with a 10 bell salute. in peace Fumi kid yamamoto and may your
0: legacy forever live on that was a good tribute christian ain't better than anything i could have done um uh,
1: well, hey at least i i mean i tried to i mean i don't want to basically try and overfill it with you know, talking about the highlights of his career. I just basically wanted to keep it short and simple.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I do. However, I, I will recommend some fights if anybody wants to go and see fights of him. A bunch of them are on YouTube. Uh, you can find a bunch of of his uh, of his Shuto stuff on uh, UFC Fight Pass as well. But uh, mm-hmm. but you can find a lot his K one. I recommend his fights. His, his kickboxing match. Uh, his famous kickboxing match against Masato which uh, got over, I think, 30 million uh, people watching on television alone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, even though he loses that fight, it's still an incredible display of a guy who had no kickboxing background getting into a uh, MMA fight, uh, into a uh, who had no kickboxing background and was an MMA fighter by trade, but then goes into a kickboxing match, which we'll kind of talk about later today as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his match... Yeah, we will. Uh, his uh, his, like you said, against Kazuki Miata. Yeah, it won't t- take you long to watch that match. You can watch it even in a gift oh, if you want. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you can watch that Kazuyuki Miata match over and over if you want. I mean, it was only the fastest knockout of a major MMA promotion. <laughs> uh,
0: also, his uh, his fight of against Uh Royal Gracie. Uh, and uh,
1: I think you mean
0: Hoyler. Hoyler, yes. You remember, yes. the...
1: The R's are supposed to be pronounced H's when it comes down to
0: Brazilian <laughs> Uh He's actually his entire stint in that lightweight and um, that lightweight tournament that was for Heroes. What was it? I believe it was for Heroes, right? Where uh, he mm-hmm. fought, also K-1 fought... one Heroes. Yeah, he, where he also fought Kyle Uno and uh, Genki Sudo, which if you don't mind me asking, what do you think about the finish of a Genki Sudo match? Do you think that was a little bit of an early stoppage?
1: Uh, to it, be honest, no. I think it was right on time. I seen the match before, and no, it wasn't no late. I mean, it wasn't no early stoppage. It wasn't no late stoppage. It was basically just a pure stoppage.
0: Mm. Um, I don't recommend anybody go watch his UFC stuff because the if you just watch his UFC stuff, you will think to yourself, "This is the guy that everybody was a big fan of." So, nobody go watch his UFC stuff, you know, unless you want... I
1: mean, if you, if you think about it, real quick before we move on, if you think about it, his 0 and 3 with one no contest running the UFC doesn't define him mm-hmm. as a fighter. Like, when it comes down to fighters who had terrible records in the UFC, that don't define them as fighters, especially if they had... Either good careers before then, or good careers
0: after that. Absolutely, but I wouldn't want anybody to just you know, you know that if you know you probably look up Kid Yamamoto on UFC Fight Pass. Probably those are the first things that come up, and um, rather than his uh, his sh- his shooto stuff or his uh, his non-UFC stuff. So I'd rather you know try to look for his stuff on YouTube, uh, Daily Motion. You can even fi- you can find a bunch of his kickboxing matches and one of his grappling matches. Uh, but, uh, yes, Kid Yamamoto was, certain, was certainly one of the best. And, uh, you know, thoughts thoughts to his family, you know, who we'll um, will also be talking about one of the family members as well. We're, it's funny how all this is coming full circle with this uh, Ryzen show that's coming up, if you really think about it. There's a lot of stuff that's uh, connected to, uh, to uh, Kid Yamamoto's career kind of in, in directly, indirectly and directly.
1: Exactly. And if you think about it well... That main event that's going to happen, the Kyoji Horiguchi versus Tenshin nasakawa fight, it is going to be pretty much reminiscent of the Kid Yamamoto versus Masato fight that happened all those years ago.
0: Yes, oh, you know, but then it's and pro- you know it's probably one of the reasons why it's happening. You know, I mean, there were you know there were you know previous matches before that that were kick were MMA fighters going to kickboxing, but you know. Nothing, you know. It was they were more. I would say I don't want to say freak show, but it was definitely more of a. There was, they, this one, that we'll be talking about. I think is gonna be a lot different than the ones in the past, in my opinion. Oh, of course it will. Um, and uh, but we'll be talking about that last since that's the main event. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, to start off, we will be. Talking about, if you're wondering what we are talking about, then uh, I shall explain. We are talking about the Ryzen 13 show, which will be on uh, next uh, in Japan. Uh- next
1: Sunday, January. I mean, next Sunday, September 30th, live from the world famous Saitama Super Arena. And if you're wondering what time the event's gonna take place, it's gonna take place at least here in the U.S. at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. On the Fight TV app and Fight TV.
0: Mm-hmm. So yes, if you have any credits or you uh, can pay to watch the show, I think this is definitely a show you should definitely use your credits or your money for because I think this is definitely going to be one of the one of the if the, if we're going by what's on paper, this is going to be one of the best fights, one of the best shows of the entire year for any major promotion, MMA promotion.
1: In- indeed. And if you think about it, when it comes down to most of the fighters on these cards, I mean, most of the fighters on this fight card, most of them, I assume, will probably be on the next card that'll happen, Horizon 14, which will take place on New Year's Eve morning, Monday, December 31st. So basically, some of these fights might just be previews of what's to come. Wouldn't mm-hmm.
0: you agree? Oh, absolutely! You know, we're, de- we're definitely going to be seeing a, a lot of repeat people. I think from this show are uh, going on to the uh, the fourteen show, um, but I, I don't think you know. I I, I don't. Th- but this I don't see this card as, as like a card that's ma- that's being like that's just being shoved in there just because they they need to fill a date or something like that. This card definitely was. They definitely is a lot of intriguing fights on this card, many, mm-hmm. many, um, and you know obviously with future ramifications, uh, for uh, future, sh- uh, probably for future shows, you know, probably even for for fourteen, you know, depending on who wins and who loses and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, we'll get more into that. Uh, would you like to get direct? Would you like to start off this card? Um, Christian. Yes, but I would I, but before we do, I decided to interrupt. But okay. Before we do, uh, Ryzen right now has not had an official uh lineup of how of the matches. Uh, I'm actually surprised. Yeah. They usually have they usually have it pretty early, but they haven't. But I I I guess they're still trying to figure out you know what they want to have on Fuji TV and what's not going to be on Fuji TV and all that. But uh, for some, there's no lineup of the show right now, so we're kind of just gonna we're kind of just we're kind of gonna wing it. We obviously know what the main event will be, uh, which will be mm-hmm. Tenshin Asakawa versus Kyoji Horiguchi, and I'm guessing uh, the co-main event will be Hamazaki versus Kurobe. Uh That's what I'm thinking. And but for the uh, the rest, it's we're we're just gonna kind of wing it and kind of think, oh, you know, this will probably go how the card goes. We'll probably be entirely wrong. I have no idea, but. That's that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna approach it. And also, right now, in case if people are interested, to no, know this show is close to selling out. If I'm correct, uh, is that right, Christian? Oh yeah,
1: the fight card is close to selling out because basically, I think they opened up like the upper deck for the Taitama Super Arena, so they probably expected a full house.
0: Yes. Oh no. Yeah. Um, if they are, apparently this is the first time in many years since they've opened up that, that section for an MMA show. Um, I forgot what the show was called, but it's been about, I remember it's been a few years since that's happened, which is, you know, that's great, you know, it's great that, you know, that, that they didn't have to depend on, uh, Bob Sapp to send their, uh, to sell the, uh, tickets that, uh, tension, basically tension and uh, on Horiguchi, Basically, deserve all the credit. They really do.
1: Oh, exactly. Especially seeing the fact that this Mount Tenshin Nasakawa versus Kyoji Horiguchi is probably
0: going to set television ratings for Fuji TV. I hope so. Maybe set
1: off some interest for the Fight TV fight crowd.
0: I I, I absolutely hope it does. I I, I think it'll definitely be for the Fight TV crowd. The uh, Fuji TV, you know, it's you know Japanese television is weird. I never you can I can never know like you know what's popular and you know what's all that stuff. You know, you hear about about rising, you know, doing great ratings sometimes and then other times, you know, because there was some famous singer uh singing one day, they don't get an audience or something like that. I you know, I have no idea the the, the metrics and how, how the peaks and valleys of how television works in Japan, you know. They, what? I mean,
1: come to think of it, when it comes down to Japanese TV, it probably goes off of four things, really. It probably goes off of combat sports, what's popular. Then you got anime and world news, I guess. <laughs>
0: I can tell you, it's when I, when I was in Japan, there was a channel that was basically all anime. I can tell you that most anime. I probably wound up hating anime more after watching that because I realized that all, almost all animes are entirely the same. That they're all...
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, with the exception of a few, it's kind of like they all have the same archetypes and types of characters and all that stuff.
1: Oh, I see. <laughs> but still... I do have a feeling that this Tenshin Nasukawa versus Gyoji Gucci matchup is going to be so crazy that it's going to probably feel like you're watching, I mean, it's probably going to feel like you're watching something like Cowboy Bebop here in the States. It's <laughs> yep. probably going to feel like you're watching a masterpiece at work.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right about it. I think, you know, it's definitely going to be, you know, we'll, we're going to get into our analysis later. Uh, but it's definitely it's a fight that we're both looking forward to, and, luckily, and happily, a lot of people are. And um, no theatrics or anything have have been needed to sell this fight at all, really.
1: Mm-hmm. But going back on the fight card, seeing the fact that neither Topology nor Wikipedia nor Dog has given us any favors when it comes down to the owner of this fight card, I posted out a... I posted out the list as it was announced back at the press conference on August 24th on the MMA Opinion Facebook page, which I gave to Andrew off-air, and we're going to be going off of that card. And the first fight on the card that I've listed out from the big press conference that happened on August 24th is the lightweight bout. That's gonna take place first that's gonna take place between the Detroit superstar Darren Crookshank and Diego Saala
0: D.B. Blandau. Uh that fight is scheduled for and that fight is scheduled for Pride
1: Rules, 10 minute first round, five minute second round. Now, the particulars on Mr. Darren J. Crookshank. He's five foot eight, 154 and a half pounds with a 72-inch reach, 33 years old, born June the 11th, 1985, fighting out a Michigan top team in Wayne, Michigan, even though he resides in Detroit. As for Diego Seara Brandau, he is 5'7", 153 pounds, with a 64-inch reach, 31 years old, born on May 27, 1987, as Diego Pajania Brandau, in Fortaleza, se all Brazil, and last time I checked, he last time I checked, he fought out of Jackson Winklejohn in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But I guess he's now moved back to Brazil after basically having legal troubles stemming back to his UFC days. But these are two purebred strikers getting ready to beat the shit out of each other.
0: What are your thoughts about this bout going in? Well, um, I also have a, a up on my sc- screen right now um, the Ryzen uh, Reddit account has put out these uh, these English language, um, I guess you could say, fight stats and fight comparisons between fighters. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have, we won't have all of them by the time the show goes up. But we do have one for Crookshank and Bring Dao and uh, they have key points for for each fighter for Crookshank. They have a key point of his is flashy kicks. Brandow, striking. Crookshank, aggressive. Brandow, submission game. Crookshank, showmanship. Brandow, well-rounded. Crookshank is adapted to Rise and Rules. Brandow is aggressive. And this is my favorite one. Brandow is vicious. Crookshank is a newlywed. Are... Yeah, but come
1: <laughs> to think, think of it, seeing the fact that Crookshank is six fights into fighting for Ryzen, and this will be his seventh bout coming up, he is four and two in the promotion so far, do you think that him adapting to Ryzen rules will probably give him more of an edge going into this fight than, say, Brandow who's going to be in his second Ryzen bout?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, um, um, I don't think that'll even be a, a factor. Um, I was listening to uh, Kumite Radio yesterday with an interview with Crookshank, and apparently he has an eight and uh, and you just said the the reach of the reaches between the two fighters. He has an eight inch reach advantage over Brandow, which I cannot believe. I was that I found that incredible. Like that's especially because there's really uh, the the height difference is almost negligible between the two. Uh, um, if anything, with Crookshank with the reach advantage, obviously you would think that. He has the advantage now, but this is a really tough. This is this is actually this is a toss-up fight. I'm like, I'm really like struggling to think who I think can win this because I think they both can win this in the first round, but, Whew, This is a tough one. This is a really, a, this is incredibly t- a tough one. Um, do you have any thoughts, well, Christian? If
1: you think about it, if you think about it, three or four crook checks. I mean, three of Crookshank's four wins in Ryzen have come by way of devastating knockout via left-head kick, elbows, and punches after soccer kicks. I mean, punches and then soccer kicks. So you would probably think that Crookshank would probably bring more of the violence, bring more of the ruckus, so to speak. But if you look at Brando's record, if you look at all the wins he has via knockout and I'm not just talking about the ones he had on The Ultimate Fighter, either. If you look at all the ones he got via knockout, you would probably think that Brandau has more of a violent temperament to himself, and he'll probably have more of the
0: edge. Yeah, well, there's anything we've learned about Brandau from his uh, personal life, he does have uh, quite a uh, violent temper, it seems. But barring right, that come on, let's
1: not get
0: there. Let's okay, not okay. Get there. Domestic violence
1: is not cool. Yes, yes.
0: That's not that's not cool at all. Not cool at all. But um uh barring barring um that. Um the thing is that you know I'm gonna going by the last fight. So Darren Cruikshank was able to finish Tom Santos in the, I believe was the third round. Was that am I, if I remember correctly? And he did... It was, that was, th- that Crookshank did not look as impressive as as he previously was. brandow on the other hand, totally murked Akita uh, Oka in that match. Like, total, almost a, a show-stealing performance. Um, I think, I don't, I, I'm gonna go with Brandau with this. I think Brandell I think Brandau is just gonna be the more vicious and aggressive fighter in this. And it could and it could overwhelm Crookshank. I don't think the submission game is gonna be a factor in at all. Um I don't see this going by way of submission. I think this is gonna end in the first round with somebody getting knocked out. And I think I think Brandau, you know, I think his viciousness and aggressiveness is is gonna is gonna is gonna overwhelm Crookshank, or or that uh, he'll get caught like he, what happened with uh, what happened with Yachi. What do you think, Christian?
1: Mm-hmm. I have to agree to disagree with you. I think I'm. Um, I mean, I think I'm going to see Crookshank take the win over Brandow because of how I. Mean, Granted, I can understand Diego Brandao wants to bring a new form of Brazilian violence that hasn't been seen in Japanese MMA since Vandele Silva. I get that. But I think that Cruikshank is probably going to overwhelm Brandao in this fight. And I think that when it comes down to it, you know, when I mentioned the three wins via knockouts that he had in rising so far, I mean, yes. You're right that Santos was the last victory that Crookshank had, and it was via devastating elbows, but I have a feeling that we're going to see more of like what happened with Crookshank in that first fight when he beat the dog shit out of Shinji, out of Shinji Sasaki. We're going to probably see more of that compared to the last fight we've seen him the last fight we seen him in, which was against Tom satto so I think I'm gonna pick Crookshank to win this one. I'm sorry to burst your bubble there.
0: No, that's fine. Um, and if we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna also get the Tapology predictions right now. Uh, and and you know, I'm actually kind of surprised it's it's this disparity. I kind of think I think it'd be more down the middle, but the Tapology uh crowd seems to be going with Brandow at 67% versus uh Crookshank, who they have at 33%. Um, I, but I'm not saying you know. They're both great fighters. They both they're both they they they're they uh, this is a very hard fight to pick and and if Crookshank wins, I won't be surprised. If Brandon wins, I won't be surprised. There's no the, the skill level between the two. They both have a high skill a le- uh, high fight IQ and, and skill level inside the uh, ring. So, you know, mm-hmm. either of them winning is not, you know, is not will not be a shock. You know, if it, a submission win will probably be more shocking either way, but uh you know, I, yeah, they're both high high skill fighters, and you know, it, both you know both are going are going to come to this fight, I think, with a purpose and going to go for that first round finish.
1: Oh, exactly, and I won't be surprised if that ends up being the. I won't be surprised if that ends up being the main thing that we'll talk about in the review. How those two
0: fighters beat the crap out of each other but obviously one of them had to go night night <laughs> well you know you know if it's a 3 if it's a, if it's a uh, a uh, a 2 uh, a a 3 round war you know um sorry 2 round war um then I'll take it you know we'll definitely we'll take it we'll you know if there's blood you know um hey you know what MMA it, MMA fights with blood I got no problem with that
1: Exactly, same
0: here. Um, now,
1: before we get off into the next fight, I have to ask: When it comes down to Yuri Pohaska's career trajectory, how do you think he's been going so far, from your perspective?
0: Uh I think his career uh, career uh, trajectory is honestly it's, it's it's fucking great. Uh we have a he's finished all all but one of his fights in Ryzen, um and they've all of his finishes have been brutal knockouts or with or, or or TKOs of that var, or variations. Uh he's on a an incredible win streak. Um he's looking like an incredibly dangerous fighter. I know during his Capoel the Capoelza fight, he you know, he did get rocked, but you know, Kapoel's ca C- uh left himself open to being uh being, uh, um, well, what's, uh, uh, punched back, and, you know, obviously that was his downfall in that fight, but I think that Jiri's, uh, trajectory is looking, uh, to have a, uh, gu- a uh, big fight on New Year's Eve if, uh, if he comes out with a win on this fight. Fu- this fight.
1: Yeah, I can understand you on that. Well, when it comes down to his next fight, he's gonna be facing off against. Former WSOF competitor, Jake the Honey Bear Hume. Now, first of all, the particulars. Yuri Denisha Pohoska. He is 6 feet 4 and 203.7 pounds. He's 25 years old, born October 14, 1992, fighting out of Hostet Adise in the Czech Republic, representing a five, five seven and one. No, he has a six and one record in rising going into his eighth fight with the promotion. As for his opponent, Jake the honeybear Hume, six foot two, two hundred and fourteen and a half pounds with a 76-inch reach. Originally from Palmer, Alaska, born September. I mean born August 24, 1987, a graduate of the University of Hawaii at Honolulu. He fights out of Phuket, Thailand half the time, but he also represents American Top Team. He is coming off of a loss to Alex Despart and Nicholson in the PFL. And like I said, he's also a veteran of the WSOF, and he's had losses against Vinny Howboy, and Smelly Orama. but... What do you think about Hume's chances going into this fight against Prohaska in his rising debut, no less?
0: Well, also just to let you know, uh, I did conduct an interview uh, with uh, Jake Hewn, uh this past week, and which will hopefully be on this attached to this show as well. If not, it'll be a separate show. But he's he's you know, you know where he's been training at in uh, Thailand now uh Phuket top team? Nope. Uh he w- he used to be. Now he's at Tiger Muay Thai.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I even asked him. I was I asked him, so are you with uh Phuket Thai, uh, top team in Thailand still? And he said, "No, he's he's switched over to uh Tiger Muay Thai." Christian?
1: I mean, that really is incredible if you think about it because He's going to be, I mean, if you think about it, he's going to be in that fight camp with some trained killers,
0: Mm -hmm. but I just don't think that he'll have a chance to
1: defeat Prohaska when it comes down to, you know, getting all of that confidence built into him by all those Tiger Muay Thai members. I don't think that all that confidence for Hume fighting at, you know, Tiger Muay Thai is going to probably help him, but... If you get some the win, I will be very surprised. But I see Prohaska getting the win, obviously, via knockout. Mm-hmm. But I won't be surprised if Hume makes it a good fight.
0: Well, I did, uh, again, you know, uh, I was also there when uh, Hune had his uh, last fight against uh, Nicholson for PFL. And he was winning that fight. Um, he was winning that fight. And he did get caught that jumping knee, which did knock him out. Um... But yeah, it did. You know, obviously that uh, winning the fight doesn't matter if you get knocked out. You know, but you know, it's you know, and I he's a nice guy and all, but he's got a lot on his hand with Jiri Prochaska, and unless 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 Jiri Prochaska doesn't puts his hand doesn't put his hands up uh, and risks getting knocked out, the only way I can see Hune winning this is if he utilizes. A a wrestling background, his wrestling background to kind of just smother Prochaska on the ground because I think that's that's where Prochaska's one weakness is is getting his takedowns. He's got he got t- I believe he got took took down when he uh fought King Mo. Um, he definitely got I think he got uh he got taken down a few times with uh Albrechtson if I remember correctly. Um, he that's the one his one weakness so. If uh, Jerry Prochazka gets taken down for three, uh, for uh, how many rounds is this going, uh, Christian? Uh, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Oh,
1: fight rules. Okay. First round ten minutes. Second round five.
0: Okay, so if he gets if he gets smothered for fifteen minutes, for ten minutes, and then for five minutes, then you know Prochaska has no chance. But you know that obviously Prochazka standing up is not where you want him to have. So. If if he wants to win this, he has to get Prochaska on the ground. But I just don't see it happening. I think that Prochaska is going to, is going to get another knockout, um, another knockout win, and then they're gonna build uh, him to have a bigger fight with a uh, another a, a possibly another person on the card uh, for New Year's Eve. Uh, oh,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, it's and
1: I bet everybody's going to be wanting to see that European clash happen.
0: I will. Uh, what about? Do you, so, do you think there's any way that Hearn can uh, can knock out Prochaska, or just 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 uh, basically wrestle wrestle him to death?
1: Oh no, there ain't no ain't no damn way that ain't no damn way that Yuri Prochaska is gonna get wrestled fucked by Jake Hearn. The only way Jake Hearn can actually make this a good fight as if he tries and stands and trade with him and know how to block, really. But I don't think that it's going to be a grappling bout. I don't think so.
0: Oh, no. It shouldn't be. I hope it's not. Uh, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, it looks like the Tapology members are, are an absolute, unanim- almost unanimous uh, decision with how the fight goes. With 99%... Picking Prochazka and 1% picking Hune to win.
1: Basically, to put it in a wrestling mindset, Jake Hune has no chance in hell!
0: (laughs) Do you think this fight goes beyond the first round or no? Hey, to
1: be honest, I'd be ashamed, I'd be more ashamed if it didn't last the first, I mean, I'd be more ashamed if it goes past the first five minutes.
0: Mm. Or the first three. Uh, yeah. You know, also, you know, of course, the other thing is, you know, Hune hasn't fought anybody since that that Nicholson fight. You know, so it's you know, Prokoska fought just about like about three or four months ago. Um, I can't. Remember, when did Hune last fight? Probably in what was it June or July? I think. Uh, it was, yeah, I think
1: it was July. But If you think about Hearn for a second. He was supposed to fight in the rest of that Pro Fighters League stuff. Yes. That is going to go into the playoff round next month. Yes. But he was supposed to fight in the rest of the PFL tournament, but the New York State Athletic Commission, as shoddy as they are, they basically denied him an opportunity to fight the rest of the tournament.
0: Oh, yeah, no, we definitely talked about that in the interview as well, you know. Uh, New York needs to get their shit together when it comes to MMA. They really do.
1: That they do. That they do.
0: Uh, but, uh, okay, uh, you want to go on to the next fight?
1: Oh, yes. And even though this next fight is a rematch, both of these women here, they basically got their own separate problems. Hmm. And, of course, when it comes down to the crazy Andy Nguyen... Of course, she's involved in that little situation going on in Northern Louisiana. That's going—I mean, that's happening with Andrea KGB Lee and Donnie Aaron. And of course, I don't see why, and I don't see why Andy is basically being around that environment. I really well, can Donnie you, Aaron um, gets can
0: you just uh, give some background on that for people who might not know what you're talking about?
1: Oh. Well, when it comes down to the situation that Andy Nguyen is in, there have been some stories put out in recent months that have been talking about Donnie Aaron's past. I mean, Donnie Aaron, of course, is the coach of Andy Nguyen, the first trainer of Andy Nguyen, and the husband of UFC fighter and former legacy FA champion. Andrea KGB Lee. He basically has been on the run as of late because of domestic violence allegations that have happened between him and his wife, Andrea Lee. Mm. And this basically dates back to his past when he basically got... I mean, this basically dates back to his past when he got locked up for a little bit for killing somebody after a dispute. Now, even though I mean, and this also dates to him having a Nazi past as well, even though he's a former police officer. He's basically been seen on camera with Nazi tattoos. And I just want to say, first off, I mean, first off, Nazism is wrong. That shit needs to end immediately. But second of all, I think that Donnie Aaron, I won't be... I will not be surprised if he ends up getting caught. If he does get caught, yay, good for them. I mean, good. The sooner that shit can end, the better. Because I don't think that either Andy nor Andrea should be in. I mean, should spend one more damn day dealing with this shit. I really don't.
0: I was kind of following it, following this whole this this whole Andrea Lee thing. You know. Kind of on and off. I didn't really delve into too much, but with everything you're talking about now, this, is, holy shit, this is a lot more than I thought than just a domestic dispute. Not that that makes it, any, mm-hmm. wouldn't make it any less, but this this opens up, one can of worms is open and then suddenly a Pandora's box was opened. <laughs> that's what it went. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how, that's how that went. Um. Holy shit. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm.
1: And as far as Miyu Yamamoto goes, this fight coming up is going to be her first fight since the passing of Noifumi Fumiki Yamamoto, which we basically went through in the offset. So for these two ladies, even though it's going to be a rematch between these two, it's going to be something really personal to get off their chest for both of them. And first of all, let me go through the particulars. The cleansing Ending the wind, 5 feet 4 inches, 108 pounds with a 64-inch reach. She is 36 years old, born originally in the sunny suburbs of Southern California. On April twenty-second, 1982, she fights out of Andrea KGB Lee's. Karate Mafia MMA in Bossier City, Louisiana. B-O-S-S-I-E-R City, Louisiana. She is a Muay Thai and Black Syrian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, and she will be fighting in her third fight in the Rise and Rain. She defeated Miyu Yamamoto on New Year's Eve 2016, and she lost to Reina Kubota on October fifteenth, twenty seventeen, via body punch mm. in the first round of the rising and weight grand prix after coming in about an ounce over the weight limit. Yes. And not only that, but the win in addition to this fight, she got an upcoming fight at the X One events in Hawaii on November seventeenth. So basically, this is going to be something. I mean, she's gonna have to put in the workload when it comes down to these next couple of
0: fights. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, as for milfy, me, Yamamoto, and I don't mean that she's you know milfy in the sense of age. I mean, kind of think of it. Please disregard that when I say that. But Yamamoto, me Yamamoto, five one hundred and seven and three quarter pounds, age forty four, born. August the 4th, 1974, in Yokohama, Kanagawa, Japan. She fights out of her brother's crazy B camp and also resides on and off in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She will be fighting in her sixth fight, not just in Ryzen, but overall, as she has a 2-3 and record inside the promotion since starting her maiden voyage as a professional with a cravate submission loss to Raina Kubota back on September 25th, 2016. Now, after I basically ran my mount drive when it came down to mentioning these particulars, what are your thoughts about this fight going into it? What are your thoughts about the rematch going into this fight comparing to the first fight that they had back on New Year's Eve 2016?
0: Well... I do think that Miyu is deserving of a rematch. Uh going by what her her last fight, uh, which she won um by split decision against uh, Soori, uh Ichi- Saori Ishioka. Ishioka. Uh, uh, Saori Ishioka. And um you know the question is though, and you brought this up first, both these ladies are going through some real deep personal shit. Miyu especially um will either of these fighters find motivation in what they're going through or will it be a gsp matt sarah issue where because it's their achilles heel and if if people don't know what i'm referencing gsp's father died uh, after he had close to his first fight of matt sarah which he got defeated by matt sarah much to everybody's surprise um,
1: oh yeah, I remember that fight. It happened in Houston, and it made Matt Serra into a star.
0: Yep, and uh, GSP. You know the big theory is that GSP. You know, you know this 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 world class fighter, this guy who was who was undefeated, who was taking on a short short and sta- uh, short and and uh, muscular Matt Serra, who shouldn't have defeated him, got get, knocks him out because his father died, and that was on his mind. That's the big. You've heard that theory before.
1: Uh, to be honest, this is the first I've heard of that theory. I don't know
0: if GSP's even said it before, but apparently, th- 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 that's what, that's, he died, GSP's father died close to the fight time, to around the, the first fight. Um, but, you know, me was obviously going through, and if, also I suggest that people watch the rising, the, uh, the second to... The second to last Rise of Confessions video that just came out. One came out today, but it's still in Japanese. It hasn't been translated. But the one that came out before that, I recommend that people watch, um, particularly toward the end, where they talk to Miyu. And she talks about Kid. about kid. Now, I don't... My guess is for, through that video, they knew that that Kid was dying or was going to die. Because the way that she's talking about him, she's, she's crying and is very upset. She must have known something bad was going to happen. And it's a very heartbreaking video. It's a very, very heartbreaking video that I, that's, it's, 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 it's I was almost crying myself when I was, while I was watching it. But going back to the fights, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, now that you bring up this, uh, thing with, uh, with, uh, any win, you know, I don't know, like, oof. Do do both of them have going to that fight into the fight with with a strong mentality of winning, or is, or they're going to be held back by their personal problems? Um. Uh, to be honest, I that
1: when it comes down to this rematch, they had nothing in common other than a will to fight the first time,
0: uh-huh.
1: and obviously that showed more for a new win than it did for. Me, you, as Nguyen won via be a straight armbar in the first round in the first battle that they had. But I think that both of them will go into this fight with a clear conscience, knowing the task at hand, knowing that they need to clear. I mean, they'll, knowing that they, knowing that they need to wipe the slate clear of all their personal problems going into this fight, and actually making something of themselves just to you know, try and get this win, even though even they're still gonna have problems to deal with outside of the ring when it comes down to the personal issues going on, especially more so for Miyu, because her brother just died than basically Andy way going through the situation that she's going through, but
0: well, my thoughts are that that Miu I, I my thought about that Miyu Hopefully she's, 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 uh, she's all trained up on her submission defense because she always seems to get caught with arm bars for some reason. Uh-huh. Even in the last fight against Ishioka, she got she, she onto got an arm bar and even though it wasn't a strong arm bar, you know, a uh-huh. more skilled grappler could have easily cinched in that arm bar that she had and tapped her out uh but, yeah. but and, and you know as we said before, that's how she lost against uh Ngu- Nguyen in the first fight and she also lost to uh to uh irene caporero i believe by armbar as well or it was a triangle armbar um uh, let me double check on that yeah, it was armbar um it was an armbar as well so if miw is if we see the Miu that we saw last time I think Miu will win this. If we see the Miu that still gets caught in submissions for whatever reason, because she's just not practicing that submission defense, then Andy Nguyen's is going to win. But, uh-huh. you know, I think that Miu is going to find strength. It's going to be highly motivated by this by her brother's death. I really do think that. Um,
1: exactly, and the topology fan base—they're basically saying now. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> it probably wasn't like this when it came down to. I mean, it probably wasn't like this before. Kid Yamamoto's passing, and I basically don't want to speak of Kid's death in that way. But basically, topology—the topology faithful is given. The topology faithful is giving me you, I guess the charity vote here because they basically got her up 58% right now compared to Andy Nguyen's 42% that I mean I mean this I mean we're recording this a week before the fight I mean, that can change at any time. But right now, the topology faithful is basically saying they want to see me, you win this fight.
0: Yeah, you know, it's I don't know what it was before this as well. I mean, it's not that. I mean, it's obviously majority think Yamamoto yeah, will win. But I think out of all these, I think this is probably the the most uh, close in terms of 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 who of which side thinks which uh, which fight will win. Um, I mean. Nguyen is a skilled fighter, and she does have a win already over ya, uh, Yamato, so it's uh, Yamoto, but it's not, but it's not, it's not far-fetched to think that she'll win again, I don't think. Um, but I think uh, Miu, I, I think Miyu will take this rematch. Whether she finishes or, it or not, I don't know. but I feel like Miu is going if this were a, a wrestling angle, Miyu should win this match. And there, there should be a. She should be crying at the end because this is her match that she's dedicating to her brother, and hopefully, if hopefully that's what happens. You know, I don't, I you know, I don't want to say that I hope ending win uh, loses, but I think that Miyu should should get this win, and I, I I if you call I know you said a sympathy votes. You know what I? It's you know. I do want to see her win because of of what she's had to deal with recently.
1: So so consider that
0: sympathy cheering. To be honest,
1: to be quite honest, I do think that Miu is probably going to win this fight. But to me, it's even because obviously both of these women are going through their problems. So all all I really hope for is that these two give it their best in that ring and out of that ring.
0: Absolutely, no. Absolutely. Basically,
1: I mean, basically, I just hope that this match is... I mean, I just hope that this match turns out to be a classy war.
0: I think it will be. Um, you know, they, neither of them have really had any bad fights. Some have been uh, been finished quick, but that doesn't mean that the fights were bad. You know, uh, Miyu's last fight was great, you know, because we just saw a, a better Miyu, when she, and when she's good, she's great. As the saying is, mm-hmm. so do you? Do you? Do you have an official pick, Christian? I um,
1: mean, like I said, I'm going to pick me, you, to win this fight,
0: but I do hope that we see a classy war between these two ladies. Uh, do you think Andy will make weight this time?
1: Hopefully so. I mean, after all, it's anime. I mean, it is an anime fight, but I do hope to. This- these two women make weight. I do hope that these two women will probably come in at 108 pounds and ready for this damn fight to happen.
0: I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Um, I I think this should be a good fight regardless. Uh, And, you know, I I won't be surprised. Well, I shouldn't be. I I hope they do a, a tribute to Kid either before or after this match, maybe during intermission, or, you know, but there has to... You know
1: what? If they were really smart about it, I hope they do it like in the intro video before the show. You know,
0: the hype video
1: before the show, before Lenny Hart does her usual string introductions, I hope they do a tribute to Noifumi Kid Yamamoto like, in the opening intro, and if, if Miyu wins this fight, I hope that she basically let loose, like, a big victory speech in both English and Japanese, saying how much she loves her brother, and how much she's gonna miss him.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, it, I, absolutely, she should, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's before the fight, you know, uh, if you ever watch, uh, you know, you know, when they bring out the, uh, the, the, the big giant, you know, portrait of, of, Kid Yamamoto, someone bring some flowers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the same thing in uh, Japanese wrestling as well. Um, mm-hmm. at, you know, uh, actually, come to think of it, um, I know when Bruno died, Bruno Sarantino died early this year. All Japan did their 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 uh, rem- remembrance of him right before the show started. Um, you know, but I, I guess you know, as here's the thing: as long as they don't pull a WWE and and totally disregard it. I don't mind when when it is in my personal opinion. Just do it is what I'm going to tell them is what I'm saying.
1: And as long as they don't half ass it like what the UFC did last night when it came down to their little short tribute of kid Yamamoto. I don't know if you have probably seen the UFC Sao Paulo card last night, but I think they ran like a short little they
0: ran like a short little tribute graphic, and then that was it, I guess. Mm. Uh, I didn't see it. I was at work when that show was happening, but, you know, I'm not going to fault the UFC for doing an in-depth thing for a fighter who, you know, who wasn't one of theirs, I guess you could say. Uh, and also, there's no... Yeah, fo- exactly. You know, if, if Chuck Dell dies, or, or Tito Ortiz, they, they're, there's going to be a huge, you know, they'll be, that'll be bigger than Kid Yamamoto. But, you know, they probably... You know, they probably just said, you know, it was probably... I'm more happy that they did it rather than, than them not doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'll at least give them credit for that. You know, hey, you know, we got WWE who won't even do tributes to some wrestlers, you know, that have died in the past who worked for them. So, you know, hey, at least UFC is acknowledging them to some degree.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and yeah, when it comes down to world wrestling entertainment... When it comes down to them, they don't run tributes when it comes down to certain wrestlers and their employee that basically busted their ass for them. And all they get is, what, a little, little lazy-ass graphic?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Yep, they just get a lazy-ass graphic. Fuck WWE. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But still... I mean, I do hope that when it comes down to the Yamamoto Mien, I mean the Yamamoto win fight, I do hope that Miyu wins. But I hope these two ladies have a classy war. And if Miu wins, I hope that she gives out a big post-fight speech about how much she loves her. I mean, how much she loved her brother. And how much his legacy will be missed I mean how much his legacy will continue to move on to everybody
0: just to let you know as well um, I'm I'm recording our I'm writing down our picks and if we're saying th- if there's any other additional things if they'll be finished or anything do you think this do you think uh, uh, Miu can finish uh, Andy or do you think they're just she's gonna go to distance uh, once again I
1: mean to be honest. The fight ended in the first. I mean, the fight ended. I think in the second round the first time. So I won't be surprised if this fight goes to a finish. I mean, I won't be surprised if this fight in it ends in a finish the second time around. But I would really love to just see these two ladies go the distance.
0: Yeah, I could. I could. I got no problem with that. Yeah, um Oh,
1: and uh by the way, by the way, it is a three-five minute round affair. Yeah. So I really wouldn't mind seeing these two ladies go the distance. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it'll go the distance as well. I don't see this uh being finished by Miyu. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, it's of course great to be a fight uh, a fighter who finishes, but you know what? You can still be a, an exciting fighter who doesn't who doesn't who doesn't finish. I think it all depends on how you fight. Exactly. Um, so you know, if is, if this is, if we see the Miyu that we fought, that fought Ishioka, then you know what? Go to distance Miyu, and you know, and make your brother proud. Is all I'll say.
1: Mm-hmm. Now to the next fight. To the next fight we go, and this fight's gonna be contested in the flyweight division. First round ten minutes, second round five. But again, these. These round time, I mean, these round limits and the bout match, I mean, the bout limits are probably subject to change at this point, especially when it comes down to the men's bouts, with the exception of the kickboxing bouts. But still, for right now, this foul is scheduled for first round 10 minutes, second round 5, 15 minutes in total. Yusaku Nakamura versus El Plano Jail, NLK. Mm. First of all, the particulars for Yusaku Nakamula. Five five, a hundred and twenty-four and a half pounds, age thirty-two, born June the twenty-first, nineteen eighty-eight. Hailing from Osaka, Japan, and fighting out of Team Alpha Male, Japan. His style is Nippon Kempo karate. And he is a longtime veteran of Deep, and he is a former WSOL Global. Flyweight champion. He also fought last time at Rising Ten, getting knocked out by Tenshin Nasukawa, which was the lead up to Kyoshi Horiguchi retiring Ian McCall in nine seconds hmm. with a knockout. His opponent, El Jael Manel Kid, eleven and three overall, originally from Angola, fighting out of Oporto, Portugal five six hundred and thirty three and a third pounds age 24 born november 14th 1993 he is currently riding a two fight losing streak and he's currently two and two in rising making his name off of the 2017 bantamweight grand prix knocking out urson yamamoto beating ian mccall in a controversial fashion before losing in the semifinals of the Bantamweight Grand Prix to eventual winner Horiguchi, and losing at Rising 10 in a split decision where he was basically bitching, griping, complaining, and doing everything but focusing on the fight against Kai Asakura. So I ask you, what are your thoughts going into this fight? Do we see Kate... Finally getting his shit together and coming up with a
0: set game plan to win this fight. Well, before I answer that, um, I when this fight was first announced and it was posted on the on the r slash mma, the Reddit subreddit for MMA, um, I mm-hmm. I posted a, a comment on there and the official Rising account uh at, mentioned that he had switched fight camps to AKA Finland. Oh. So now he's gonna be
1: fighting out of Bangkok, Thailand.
0: Yep, not old Portugal. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't know. If this. I don't know if this is one of those. Oh, I'm just gonna to go to Thailand to learn some kickboxing things, or if he's actually just if it's an actual s- switching of camps. But that's what they told me. Um. And you know, if you, you know, A.K. Thailand. That's not. This not. You know. That's that's a full fight camp. You know. If 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 he switched over, yeah. then you know, then. Then clearly, you know, he he saw something AKA Thailand that was better than uh, where he was originally training at. I would have to assume. Um, I, I mean, obviously he's like doing a guest train, a, a guest thing there, you know. But it doesn't seem like he is. I think you know if you go on his Instagram, all of it, all of his training footage is from uh, AKA Thailand as well. So. Hmm. Um, so I guess
1: when it comes down to training at AKA Thailand. He's training to get easy money. Yes, easy That's money. What
0: he's trying to get, right? Uh, easy money, easy money, easy money. Um, exactly. Um.
1: <laughs>
0: now <laughs> we have to, I want to do. I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and
1: say I hope Manny Pacquiao gets his shit together. I really hope so. I really hope he can win this fight via finish because if not. And if he ends up doing the same shit that he
0: did when it came down to that Asakura fight, he's gonna get embarrassed. Well, Trust me. here's the thing, you know, uh, the Asakura fight has to be talked about because you know, and you know, there were t- he did win some rounds and he did and he did happen to open up uh, Kai, and I think knock him down a few times. But yes, you know, his 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 antics more or less cost him the split decision loss, and you know. Uh, I don't, uh, d- Since they judge by rounds in Ryzen, not uh, the uh as a fight as a whole. Excuse me. Oh my God! This is not this is not Unified rules. Uh, since they judge the fight as a whole, that one one of the one of the um judges thought that Manel Cape won the fight, won the entire fight, but the other two did not. So obviously, what what I thought that he that that made him lose the fight was his showboating. You can do a little bit of showboating. Uh-huh. There's there's nothing wrong with showboating during a fight, but if it becomes what we what we talk about, and I'll be honest, I think that's probably what most people remember from that fight is him dancing around, you know, putting his hands down, you know, you know, doing Conor McGregor shtick during a a fight uh, against with a very very dangerous striker like Kai Zakura. Um mm-hmm. You can li- You can lose, and you know, obvi- I think that Kai Asakura is obviously a better fighter than than um, Nakamura, but yeah, he can uh, get embarrassed if he does not get his shit together. But Cape also—that's um, the other thing that Cape I think understands—is that this is one of the reasons why people tune in to watch him is because of what he will do and, and what 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 will come out of his mouth or what his actions were. Now, interestingly, oh excuse me during the Kyochi, his match that he had during the Grand Prix, Wake Grand Prix with uh, Kyochi Horiguchi, he didn't do a lot of showboating. And I think it's exactly. because he, he respected Horiguchi and he knew that... Also, you know, Horiguchi's not going to fall for that shit. You know, Horiguchi's going to just... He's going to be stone-faced. He's going to be like, yeah, you're, you're talking shit to me, whatever. Um, uh, during the last match that he had with Kai Zakura, he was saying, you know... What was he saying? Telling him at the beginning of the fight, he was like saying... You know, you got this, boy. You got this. Like, kind of like, you know, saying, like, doing like a, like a, uh, like, oh, you'll do good. You'll do good type thing. Like a pat on the head. A verbal pat on the head. Um. He was basically
1: trying not to be an asshole with him. Yeah. But he really was being an asshole with
0: him. Um. Uh, Nakamura, though, is coming off two losses, uh, one well, one in MMA and one in kickboxing. I The kickboxing one should be disregarded, because, you know, it was against Tenshin Yeah, it
1: basically just wasn't his style.
0: But he is fight. but he did, he does have one MMA loss, uh, which, uh, came up, which is last year, almost, almost, uh, one year to the day, uh, which is in October. Yeah, he
1: lost to American prospect Riley Dutro in judo. Um...
0: Uh, it's you know, and that's how most of his losses have come as well. Uh, is by uh, punches, by by knockout or TKO. Uh, Cape is a is a good striker. I mean, don't forget uh, you know, bring uh, up member of the Yamato family. He did uh, knock out Arisan uh, with that beautiful jumping knee during the beginning of the Grand Prix tournament. Um. Mm-hmm. I think that Cape is a better fighter than Nakamura though, even though he's, he's young and has less fights. I think that Cape has shown a lot more, I think, has a lot more that he can do to Nakamura than, than Nakamura can do to Cape, in my opinion. Um, I mean, of course this goes, if, you know, if Cape does this shit where he puts his hands down, you know, come hit me, come hit me. Then yeah, you know, he'll, he'll, he might wind up like, like Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman one, you know? Yeah, you know, looking up at this, looking up at the at the uh, at the uh, 500, uh, 500, uh, section seats of this of the Saitama Super Arena. Um, exactly. But I think that Cape, I think Cape's gonna win this. I think he's gonna be motivated by his last loss. I think we'll still see showboating by him. It will be a little bit more controlled. Maybe we'll see more of it in the uh, in the uh, weigh-ins and the pre-fight press conference, and all that stuff. Um, but I think Cape will win this. I think he I think he will knock out Nakamura. What do you think, Christian?
1: Hey, like I said, I just hope that Cape can get his shit together. I hope that he doesn't let his ego ride a check his ass can't cash. And instead of being a star boy, he goes out there, faces off against Yusaku Nakamura and becomes a made man. And from the looks of the Topology faithful, they are basically saying that they want to see Madel Cape win too because he got eighty one percent of their votes.
0: Um, I think also you know, tap. I think a lot of people don't on Tapology probably aren't feel, so familiar with Nakamura. I think that's also a factor. I think they they mm-hmm. probably more of them know who Cape is than than have seen Nakamura. Uh, but uh, I mean, you know, how do you do you think Nakamura has a chance to win this at all?
1: Uh, Other than the fact that, you know... Let's just say, let's just say, if he can treat his, if he can treat this fight like a quarterback treats a hell Mary Pat in football, then he'll probably win this fight. Okay. However, I just don't think that Nakamura is going to win this fight unless... It's by surprise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless it's by Manel. Kidd acting so stupid that he ends up not only costing himself the fight, but his, his whole career.
0: Um. Yeah. You know. Let's. You know. We'll have to see. Also, that A.K. Thailand. You know. Uh. Figures into his fight. You know, if he looks. If you know, he looks good. He looks good on his feet usually, but if he looks even better, you know. Uh. Yeah. We'll definitely see that A.K. Thailand really uh instilled some uh. Some great uh, kickboxing in him.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, the next fight we're gonna get off into is also another 10 minute first round, 5 minute second round affair featuring some great featherweight strikers. Kai Asakura, the guy who was supposed to have fought at the last Rising show. Well, actually, nah, let me go ahead and try and recheck that again. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's Mikalu Asakura, not Kai Asakura, but Mikalu Asakura. He will be taking on highly talented, highly talented Eastern European prospect, Kashiga Daukbeck. Now, first of all, the particulars on Mr. Doutbeg. He is 6 and 1 overall. He's 5 feet 7 inches tall, weighing 144.8 pounds. He is 24 years old, born on December 7, 1993, fighting at uh, Shymkent, S-H-Y-M-K-E-N-T, Kazakhstan. He is a five-fight veteran of the, Olaj, I mean, of the Alash Pride promotion. And he's a one-fight veteran of HDB. Five of his six... No, wait, actually, let me rephrase that. Four of... No, five of his six fights, the six fights that he's won, have all come by way of first-round knockout, or TKO.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to think, this dude's gonna come in kicking ass and taking names from the opening bell. His opponent, Mikuru Asakura, 5'10, 145.3 pounds, age 25, born October the 11th, 1992, fighting out in Nagoya, Aichi, Japan. He has a 7 and 1 record with 1 no contest representing Rings the Outsider. He is also a former Rings the Outsider champion. He is a two fight veteran in Road FC, and he'll be fighting in his second Rising fight after defeating famed. J-MMA and UFC veteran, well, J-MMA, Canadian MMA and UFC veteran Hatsu Yoki via left high kick in the first round at Rising 12. So I ask you, Andrew, what are your thoughts about this bout and do you probably see Doubtbeck Beck basically making more than just a statement going into this fight?
0: Mm. Uh, well, first of all, if I want to just... Uh put out there that the last person that uh, Doubtback beat was a guy named Yvonne Ratz, which I just think is a funny name. Um, <laughs> um, I did wa- I did see a highlights video of him, and I did see one of his full fights. Uh, it was the fight he had in ACB, which I don't know why Tapology has his punches. He clearly knocked out the guy with, with that knee uh, when that guy was trying to go for... Uh, uh, his opponent was trying to go for a uh, takedown. But um, mm-hmm. this guy, you know... I don't know if he normally fights at featherweight. He looks small for a featherweight. Mm-hmm. I would figure he'd be a bantamweight, or maybe even flyweight. But if this guy's a featherweight, and he's knocking out all these people, and he's as small as he looks. And damn, this guy is a, is one has has strong fucking hands and knees and feet and legs. Mm-hmm. That he does. That
1: he does. And I mean, when it comes to things. When when it comes down to it, and I'm looking at the topology faithful right now, and they're basically saying that Downpick has a 33 and a third percent chance of losing. I mean, he has a 33 and a third percent chance of winning this fight. (laughs) Scott Steiner, map for you.
0: (laughs) Uh, But but
1: still, I'm basically seeing the topology faithful, and they're saying that Downpick has a chance has a small chance to win this fight, I think they're bullshitting because if you look at Elkbeck's career record, if you look at the fact that all of his wins come by way of some form of knockout, I mean, that's not to doubt Mikalu Asakura in any way, shape, or form. I mean, obviously, he has a good win-long... I mean, he has a good knockout ratio as well, but... Deltbeck has the 100% knockout. I mean, Beck has a 100% finish ratio. Mm-hmm. A 100% knockout ratio, and to be honest, I think with the punching power that he has, I think that he might win this fight. I really do. I think that he might win this fight in the first round and it might not be I mean, I think that he might win this fight in the first round and he'll probably make more than just a statement going into this I mean, not only going into what will probably be the rest of his rising career, but the rest of his MMA career in general.
0: Uh, well, also, I think the people, why they're giving it to, uh, to uh, Asakura, uh, I think probably more people are familiar with him. They saw the Hatsu Hyoki fight, and they see him knock out Hyo- Hyoki like the way he did. And, you know, I can't blame people who are like, oh, uh, well, Asakura, you know, uh, who's this? Who's this Kazakhstani guy who he's facing? You know who's uh, I don't know who he is. Is has got to be uh, the the better fighter? And you know you bring up a good point. Um, you know, but you know I also I do question some of the opponents that uh, that uh, he's fought. Um, I, not that you know a lot of his opponents don't have uh, good records. Some were oh and O, one and one, two and three. The only opponent who ever defeated him. Actually, actually, the one one opponent who defeated him also was O and O as well. Uh, doubt back. I'm talking about. Um,
1: I think you mean the one opponent that beat him was Tilek Batiro. Yes,
0: yes. Um, while uh, Asakura, we at least know that he can defeat a high level fighter like Yoki. I um, you know, he does. He does have other wins over other um, semi-known names in the Japanese fight scene. So, you know, I think it'd be it'd be cool if Doubtback could win. You know, get some Kazakhstan, Kazakhstani MMA on the map. You know, you know, hopefully try to change uh, Kazakhstan's uh, image as not as the country of Borat to a uh, a guy who who who's learn who a place where you can learn legit MMA. But I think that uh, Mikuru Azakura. Uh, now is he is he the older brother or the younger brother of Akai? Uh, the
1: younger brother. His older brother was born on Halloween, nineteen ninety
0: one. The younger, the younger, bigger brother of the of the Asakuras, I think, I think he's gonna. I think he'll knock out Dolph. I really do think that. I think we're, this is another one we're gonna be disagreeing on. I think that yeah, I think Ozakura will win this match. Also, you know the height difference as well. Um, I think is also gonna be a factor. He's five ten. Uh, is five, is five seven. Doutbeck is five seven. Uh, and again, you know, I so, and you know, if 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 Daltbeck is normally fighting at featherweight at his at his uh, at oh normally fighting at heavy a uh, feather heavyweight featherweight, then he's a small ass featherweight going against a very tall uh a much taller uh featherweight in in this case, uh, and. Yeah, I think that... Isaac, I think Isaac crow is going to have the physical advantages as well as the, uh... as well as just the technical advantage in this fight.
1: Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you think about it... Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Doubtback is going up against a giant in this case. And you know what they say about giants? The bigger they are?
0: The harder they fall. Come
1: on. The harder they yeah.
0: fall. The harder exactly. they fall.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's why... I think that Dalbeck is going to win this fight because I think that he's going to overcome. I think that he's going to overcome Mikaru. And even though Mikaru is going to come in with a more violent style of karate, a more violent style of fighting, he is going to. I mean, I do think that Dalbeck's going to probably come in with an advantage, and he's going to probably come out with that first round knockout. You
0: know, it will be great. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know. If Doubtback does defeat Asakura, maybe go down and wait to face Kai after that. Because I could definitely tell he could definitely make Bantam wait. He could definitely make Bantam wait, this guy.
1: Now that that would be a fun fight to see. That would really be a fun fight to see. And speaking of Kai Asakura, Kai Asakura is going to face off against the guy he faced To face off against the guy that he should have fought at the last rising card. I think it was rising 11. Actually, he's going to face off against Top Noi Tiger Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Now again, the particulars on Kai Asakura. The particulars on Kai Asakura. He is five foot eight. No wait, Actually, you're right. No
0: compare uh, sorry, Christian. Can you just go, uh, Christian? Sorry, Christian. Can you go over that again? Uh, you, you, Christian. Christian. Oops, I think I lost you. Oops. Hold on, Christian. Are you back? Paul, you're breaking up. You, you, you're you breaking up.
1: I can... I mean, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you now. Can you just go over again? You're going over... Sorry, man. No.
1: Nah. I'm sorry, man, but the connection on my end sucks. That's anyways,
0: what... Don't worry. Just go back. Right. Repeat what you were anyways, saying about Kai.
1: Anyways, what I was trying to say about Kai, mm-hmm. you are right about him, Andrew. He is the younger... But bigger brother compared to him. Kai Asakura was born on Halloween 1993, not 1991. He's
0: 5'8, 138.2 pounds. Oh no. Zendo
1: Toyonaga is a. He, like his brother, is a Karateka. And also, he is 2-0 in the rising ring. He defeated Kizai Saiga via his head, making it shrill like a damn bird. And he defeated Matt Cape in that controversial bout via decision. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I really would not be surprised if something like that happens again, but I doubt it. In the meantime, his opponent, and I'm trying to search for him right now, just give me a minute. Ugh, this damn thing. Ugh. Uh, his opponent is Tanong Saklek Top Noi Tiger Thai. And as I mentioned, I the full metal dojo promotion. Thailand. Yeah, as I mentioned, he's a five fight full I mean he's a four fight full metal dojo veteran. And yeah, there's his record now. He is twenty-six years old, born August the fifteenth, nineteen ninety two, fighting out of the same camp that Jake Hill Is gonna be representing come fight night, Tiger Muay Thai in MMA in Phuket, Thailand. And he is coming off of a rising debut back on June. I mean, back on July 29th when he knocked out Oni Bosu Tadaaki Yamamoto via 96 second knockout. I mean, back, actually via 66 second knockout. So I have to ask: Do you think that this fight is probably gonna be fun and exciting?
0: Um, funny, fun, exciting. And a banger as they say. Or no to quote Jim Ross it's a slobber knocker as as he would say. Um I think it's even better that this fight didn't even, didn't happen before. And the reason why is we got to see what Tiger what Topnoy can do. He beat an MMA fighter in an MMA ring. Which was uh-huh. which 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 gets his stock up significantly. So now he's gonna face a an obviously a higher Caliber MMA fighter and Kai Azakura. Now, uh-huh. uh, when I was at the press conference, when I asked if, Ty, if Top, I asked Top Noy, "Do you want to still have the fight with Kai?" And he said, "Yes, but he wants there to be elbows. Elbows to him are very, very important in this match, and I believe and elbows are allowed. Do you think that will have any significance in the fight for and a significant advantage for Topnoy with elbows allowed?"
1: Andrew, you there? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, you can go ahead and continue what you were trying to say. He basically wants to be re- falls
0: yes. in this final. Round. Yes, uh, and, uh there are elbows allowed in this match. So do you think they'll ha- they'll have any significance and an advantage to uh Top Noy for this match? Christian? Christian, can you hear me?
1: What I'm trying to say before this connection keeps popping, is a Muay Thai fighter by trade. So yes. of course he's gonna want to throw elbows. Yes. Because elbows are legal in Muay Thai.
0: Yes, but do you think do you think that this will do you think it will matter at all in an MMA match?
1: Oh, it'll definitely matter because the more elbows that both of these fighters will throw will probably mean more violence that these two can
0: bring. Um, but I mean, here's the thing as well: he's taking on a, a much more, a much more higher class MMA fighter than what Oni Bozo was. Kerr is, obvi- is a much, much better fighter. Fi- uh, much better fighter. Um. Do you think that Kai Zakura just can just take him down and just submit him and just win the fight easily that way?
1: Nah, I don't think that's going to work. I think these two are going to probably brawl until they fall.
0: <laughs> well, yes, you know the thing is that, you know, if 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 Kai is smart, I don't think he should brawl with Top Noi. I really don't think he should.
1: Yeah, I mean it, I mean you're right because when it comes down to the last fight that Top Noi had with Tony they basically brawl for sixty six seconds, and you saw how that turned out.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, regarding who wins this, you know, it would be great. To see, it would be great to see Top Noy get a win, but like I said, he's fighting a higher class MMA fighter in an MMA fight uh he's got he's he's take he's taking on a guy that can that can take him down probably at will and submit him uh if he wants to and i think mm. just just the fact that he has that he's got a lot more tools i think kai azakura is going to take this one i think this is gonna be a a night of azakura's of azakura wins
1: Well, hey, but once I got to agree with you when it comes down to that, I think that Kai Asakura is going to probably win this fight via knockout in the first round, but I won't be surprised if it, I mean, I will be surprised if it ends up going past the first round because that's really where these two going to have to dig down deep to pull out all the tricks of the trade so that they can have a legendary showcase between these two, and obviously, the topology fate for basically agreeing with you because they, the, the 7% of them are saying that they want to see. I mean, actually, 4% of them are that they want to see Kai Osakura get the win over Topnoy.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm actually, you know, Tiger, I'm surprised t- that Topnoy actually has 36%. Uh, I I didn't realize it would be that low. I kind of figured it'd be a little bit higher, but um, yeah, I think you know Kai being the majority uh, that people think wins. You know, I don't see any. You know, there's a there's a reason why uh, why he had why those numbers are behind him. Um, yeah, I think this is, a, this is gonna be another win for Kai, and uh, you know, uh, Topnoi. You know, if he if he I would like, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, I think this will be an exciting fight from both of them. And hopefully, uh, regardless of who wins and who loses, they'll both be able to come back in a Ryzen Ring at some point. What do you think about that, Christian? Oops, we may have lost Christian again.
1: Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, I'm sorry if you couldn't hear me. I was muted for a second, but... Basically, what I was trying to say is, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting fight, and I think that these two will probably brawl until they fall. But I can agree with you that Kai was probably going to get the win in this one. Mm-hmm. Now, the next
0: fight,
1: the next fight that's going to be taking place, it kind of confused me a bit because if this fight is supposed to take place over fifteen minutes, first round ten minutes, second round five. I mean, I guess this is supposed to be like a title for a title fight or something? I don't know, because both Mitsuhisa Sanabe and the Ape Man Haruo Ochi basically said that if they were to lose to one another, that they would basically be given one another's belts to each other. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to decipher that, to be honest with you, but I guess the best way to say this is that this 117-pound men's strawweight showcase is probably going to be for both the strawweight king of pancreas and deep flyweight championships. I mean, deep strawweight championships.
0: Um, yeah, I know that, uh, I think it was, I think it was, um, I'm trying to remember who was it, I think it was Ochi who suggested it, um, that, uh. That they should give the titles, that they should exchange titles if one of them loses. Um, I don't know exactly if that can happen. You know, if I was the, uh, if I was either the, the deep or the pancreas uh, president, I would not be happy with that. I can't believe that's actually going to be a thing. I mean, I mean it can't you know, be! I don't know if it is
1: going to be a thing,
0: but they agreed to it. It has to be, it's got to be like a, like a, it's got to be like a joking gentleman's agreement. I can't believe that they would actually do that.
1: I mean, if they did, it would be a first in professional MMA, especially among the lighter weight classes.
0: Huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Christian.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and go to the particulars on these two competitors. Misuhisu Sanabe, the strawweight king of pancreas, 5'8", 115.9 pounds, age 39, so he's been fighting for a while, born August the 4th, 1979, fighting out of Naha, Okinawa, Japan, fighting out of Reversal gym, Okinawa Crossline. He is a 29-7-4 competitor with a 16-fight winning streak and also he lost one kickboxing bout back on New Year's Eve 2017 against former amateur boxing standout Yamato Fujita who is going into kickboxing full time his opponent going into this fight is the deep strawweight champion Pano Ochi 17-7-2 overall 5'3 114.9 pounds he is 34 years old Born February 7, 1984, fighting out of Saiho, Ihime, Japan, representing Palestine Ihime. He is 17-7-2 overall, with a five-fight winning streak. So, to be honest, I mean, to be really honest, how do you think this battle of the men's weights are going to go and who do you see emerging victorious
0: in this belt? Well, first of all, I gotta say that Tsunami with a 16... That, that 16 fight win streak is insane. It's absolutely... That's, that blows my fucking mind. 16 fights is of winning is insane. Also, what's also uh-huh. blows my mind is the height difference. Tsunami 5'8", Ochi 5'3". Um, despite fighting the same yeah. weight class of uh, 115 pounds. That's, uh... That's something. Um... Well, I have two theories behind how this fight can go. It'll either be the fight of the where It'll be an exciting, just, just you know, nonstop, frenetic, fast-paced match. Or, it could wind up being an incredibly boring match. Because I think these two are, are equal in many respects. In terms of skill, um, experience... And fight IQ. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also, just I would have to agree with you. Yeah, I know that. I know it's you know. I wish you know I could say this. Oh, this this fight's gonna be the most exciting fight of the night. You know, you got two champions of the division from two different companies competing. But you know, but that also comes the risk of you know not willing to take risks because you know you don't you don't want to lose. As champion, you don't want to lose on another stage to another champion in a competing promotion. So I could see this fight mm-hmm. being played safe by, honestly, both of them.
1: I mean, come to think of it, I mean, first of all, when it comes down to the men's weight class, you don't see a lot of guys fighting below 125 pounds and I myself am a 153 pound man, I probably wouldn't think twice about fighting at flyweight. But these men, these pack mule-sized men, they're basically going into the ring and or going into the cage as both of these I mean as both of the guys and the promotions that they represent, they mostly fight in a cage. But you know, both of these guys are basically fight in the men's strawweight division. And to be quite honest, I just think that Sanabe and Ochi are probably going to go to war. But I think because of the win streak that Sanabe has, I think that he probably might win this fight via decision or via... Not, I mean via decision or via finish, I don't know. I just think that he's going to win this fight. And obviously the topology fate for saying that Tsunabe has a better chance of winning has a way better chance of winning this fight than Ochi does, ninety four percent out of a hundred.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh uh he's got some uh, crazy he's got some crazy finishes. I, his most recent one was uh, he slammed his opponent. I think I saw the uh, the video of that or the at least the uh the gif of that where he uh i well didn't he ha- didn't his opponent have uh uh, uh th- this is for uh, uh tsunami I'm talking about he had the his opponent had him in a uh, guillotine choke but then he just sla- he didn't he just oh. slam, slam him to the ground and knock him out i think that's what
1: happened
0: uh yeah i think you're talking about the Shinyo Morofushi fight yes yeah um and looking at uh Ochi's uh record which uh it's got some finishes, but nothing to me really stands out. I mean, he's got a 5-5 five, five winning streak, which is impressive, nonetheless. Um, but it's also the opponents that, that they fought as well. Tsunabe, let's see. He has a, a win over Takafumi Ito. Hiro, Hiroyuki Abe, uh-huh. um, two wins over Hiroy- Hiroyuki Abe, um... He's got. He. I think he has more impressive wins over more impressive opponents. I guess you could say, and also you know, mm-hmm. sixteen a sixteen fight MMA win streak is absolutely is out of this world. You know, that's that's got to be one of the longest non that uh, That's got to be one of the longest streaks going on right now. I, I have to believe. Um, Meanwhile, the
1: only true name that Ochi has on his resume is a win over. Masakasu, Ashikan Judan, Imanari, dating back to June of 2014.
0: Which is, you know, that's, you know, that's still something to boast about. Um, actually, interestingly, looking at their records, um, it looks like one of the guys that, that, that Tsunabe could never beat, uh, Kiyotaka Shimizu, um. Actually, you did get one win over mm-hmm. him. This one decision win, but he lost him twice. Um. After that, it was like Ochi defeated him. Uh. this uh. Kiyotaka Shimizu. Um, mm-hmm. You know that's the thing. It's very hard to tell about this fight because you know, like I said, this could be a three. Uh, this could be. A, is this your? Uh, is it two rounds or is it three? Oh, how are they doing this fight? I'm sorry. It's actually two rounds. It is. Means- is two, I mean,
1: right now, from what I'm looking at and what i jotted down off of topology for the MMA opinion, it's two rounds, first round 10 minutes, second round 5, but again, the like they say, cards subject to change when it comes down
0: to that one. That's true. I don't know if it's going to be the same or if it's going to be
1: three, five-minute rounds, like the next fight we will talk about, but still, when it comes down to that, I... I mean, either way, it's going to be 15 minutes, and I still think it's going to be a very brutal war between these two men. Well, I think it can and be. As far as the,
0: just mm-hmm, I, I think as it can- far as the
1: outcome, I don't know if they're going to make way on that agreement of giving each
0: other. The I can't titles. see them doing I that. that. I, I, I honestly can't see them doing that. That you know, if they're doing that of themselves. Boy, whoever wh- whoever wins, whoever loses, it, I would fire them immediately. Like it has to be a joke. It has to be like kind of like a joke. Hey, I'll give you my belt, you know, or something like that, or, or you know, it has to be a joke. That really, really has has to be like a joke between the two. But like I said, you know, this fight can be really exciting. It could be it could be a two round exciting fight because these two guys aren't gonna get tired for fifteen minutes. They could they're they they they're gonna be flying around. They could be flying around the the ring for fifteen minutes, or they could be very hesitant. They don't want to do anything risky or explosive because they're champions of their own of their own promotions and they don't want to lose in another in, to an to an opposing uh, fighter from a different promotion in a in a in a rising ring. So that's the thing is you know um, that's how it can, it's that's uh, that's how it can go you know I'm hoping that it's, it's an exciting fights. Um, but uh, regards to, uh, regarding who wins, I think Tsunami wins this. I think he's just a better fighter overall. Sixteen fight win streak is something is not something that uh you get uh is is not something to to ignore. It really is not.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh,
0: but before we go on to the yeah, next fight, though, honest. um, I uh, do we uh do you want to talk about the kickboxing matches at all, or would you want to go on to those later?
1: Uh yeah, we can talk about the kickboxing bouts later because I know, I mean, at least from what I have on my version of the card, I have those bouts as the two most important bouts of the night. Oh, really? So we can talk about the... Yeah, we can talk about the two kickboxing bouts as the main event, main event respectively. I mean, again, the Rise and Fighting Federation has not put out the official fight card as of yet. I mean, I think they probably might do this after we are done with this
0: podcast. Yeah, that'd be funny. they <laughs> have
1: not put out the official fight card as of yet.
0: Okay. Okay, let's go uh, Let's go with that.
1: But yeah, we can go ahead and talk about the women's bout, which will be an anime contest taking place over three five-minute rounds. Former Invicta FC anime champion, Ayaka Hamasaki versus current Deep Jewels anime champion Minu Kurobe. First of all, Hamasaki. 5'1", 115.7 pounds. Page 36 for March 31st, 1982. Originally from Sayonuda, S-A-N-Y-O-O-N-O-D-A, Yamaguchi, Japan. She... Fights out of the Ame-Ane Combat Club under one of the greatest mixed martial art, one of the greatest women's mixed martial artists of all time, Nagumi Fuji, in Ota City, Tokyo, Japan. She holds a 15-2 record coming off of her rising debut over now current free agent, Alyssa Tiny Tim Garcia. And also she is a former Invicta champion. I mean, she's the former Invicta anime Champion who held a five and one record, in the, I mean, who held a four and one record in the promotion. And she is also a former Deep Jewels veteran. Now, her opponent is the current Deep Jewels anime Champion Mina Kurobe, twelve and three overall, five foot two, one hundred. fighting out of Master Japan in Tokyo City, Tokyo, Japan. She will be fighting for the first time outside of a Deep Jewels ring or cage since she lost to Siochi Ham, Honda Le Silva, back in June of 2017 for the Road FC Animal title. Now, the thing that basically weirded me out about this fight is that I think one of them said, oh, I'm reaching old age. I need a boyfriend or something. You kind of weird going into this.
0: Oh, sorry, Christian? Um, Christian. Andrew. Sorry, I'm still here. Uh, you know, Andrew, I, yeah? I, yeah, I'm here. I, I lost you for a brief second. Sorry, what weight was uh, Kurobe at again? Oh, uh, uh, yeah,
1: like I said, Kurobe weighs in at
0: 104.8 pounds. Okay, and uh, you were talking about how how one of them was saying they need a boyfriend. Yes, that was Kurobe asking, uh, I believe. It was uh, uh, the president of Ryzen, Nobuyuki Sakakibara, Nobuyuki Sakakibara, for a boyfriend, for help looking for a boyfriend. And I got the quote. I'm going to read the quote right here, right now, so that there's no uh, that there's no uh, that, that there's no misquoting. Mina Karobi said, "I am 41 years old, but still a rookie and freshman in Ryzen. Hamazaki has a charming face and is very cute, but I plan to beat her face in the fight." and looking forward in Sakakibara introducing me a boyfriend. Which Hamazaki responded, Kurobi is a fighter who has been competing at Japan's top level for the longest time, but I've been competing at the world's top level for a long time. I plan to show the difference during the fight and stop her from getting a new boyfriend. So this is a fight.
1: So basically...
0: (laughs) Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: I mean, this is like a war. Like,
0: if they stop building get they want to stop. Oh, Sorry, Christian. Christian, you were breaking up during that. Can you repeat that again? Christian? Uh-oh. You lost Christian again.
1: I'm sorry, my connection is basically. um, Christian? Um, Yeah, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you now.
1: Yeah, you are basically trying to stop each other from getting an episode of 10 to you. steel still, point of the matter is the hell with, with getting a boyfriend don't beat the living tar out of each other.
0: Uh yes, uh would it be fair to say that um that um that Hamazaki's probably one of the top uh women's um uh one hundred fifteen pounders in the world? Um actually
1: she's one of Animal weight
0: fighters. Sorry, she would have probably. Christian, me. hold on, hold on. I, I, you're breaking up a lot. Oh. Uh,
1: is, Hamasaki is one of the top animal weight competitors in the world. Strawweight fight to Olivia Hinata Sousa, who's currently in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So that pretty he is one of the top animals. And I guess Andrew
0: is. I'm here. I, mean, I guess you can't hear me. Oh, yeah. you can't. You just break up a lot during during your uh, your explanation. Uh- Dis- disconnect from me. Disconnect and reconnect to me. Um. So, uh,
1: getting out.
0: this is uh this is what happens when you do podcasting folks so just so that there's not a lot of dead air um talk about the ayaka hamazaki mina kurobe fight um and we're talking about Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I got you on my phone now.
1: Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. So what I was trying to make, the thing I was trying, the point I was trying to make was that I think Hamasaki is gonna win this fight. I think that she's gonna properly display that worldly experience that she has when it comes down to her. I mean, comparing her to Kurobe, even though Kurobe is and I mean uh has more experience to the fought and invade uh she's fought a girl that has been limited to Japan and Korea, South Korea so to speak. So I think that within the This is gonna be the main thing from this I mean, from preventing this feud from turning into an anime.
0: <laughs> hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, was. I was saying before, would you, uh, I had said that I asked if Ayaka Hamazaki was one of the top, uh, atom weights in the world, but, uh, she's, a uh, fighting at straw weight now. Is that correct?
1: Back and forth between weight classes but I think her last fight against
0: alyssa Garcia was at anima weight ah yes yes you're right and also just to let uh, people know you did you did mention alyssa Garcia was released from combate's Americas which um kind of I'm um, kind of surprised because she did she won her last fight uh for uh, I think it wasn't was it deep jewels she fought for or was it pancreas that she fought no, she wasn't paying. Well, actually, it was a
1: deep offense, but it was a Deep Jewel
0: showcase bout. Ah, okay. And she also won a fight previous to that in
1: China. I think React Q has that on their YouTube channel, where she fought a Chinese competitor who was actually Thai. But still, Alyssa Garcia has a lot of places to go to, and she wants to fight for a title in Deep Jewels. I mean, maybe Kurobe wins this fight. Maybe those, two, maybe those two fighters can meet at a future Deep Jewels event, but as for right now, I'm just hoping to see Hamasaki win this fight. And according to the topology faithful, they are basically giving Hamasaki almost a full chance to win this, 98% compared to Kurobe's 2%
0: which are about the same chances of her getting a boyfriend <laughs> yes uh, so the so then she uh, her last fight was against uh, so this is uh, a super Adam weight um, that she fought um uh, Alyssa Garcia so it looks like uh, is that and it looks like she's gonna probably be staying at uh, at Adam weight she's not uh, at Adam weight probably you don't think she, well, do you think she's gonna she's gonna do the whole weight class switching thing like she's she's done throughout her career?
1: I think she might, but if she does well in this fight, she'll probably have to stick to one weight class and one weight class only. I
0: got you. I got you. Um, yeah, but yeah, Hamasaki's gonna win this. I, I you know Kurobe. You know, sorry that she wants a boyfriend. Um, I don't know if you know exactly going going to MMA. You know, matches is the way to look for a boyfriend. Um, currently, uh, the number one bachelor in, uh, combat sports right now, Tenshin Asakawa, is already taken by a fellow, uh, Atomweight fighter in, uh, Kiana Asakura, um, which is, uh, uh, bad news for Kurobe, but, um, do you think that, uh, if Hamazaki wins, you think they're going to try to do a Hamazaki, uh, kind of match, or is it way too early to do a match like that?
1: If Kubota, if Reina Kubota is still in, and I think, wait a minute, you said uh Hamasaki Reina match,
0: right? No, no, Hamasaki uh, Kana. I meant to say Reina by accident, but I meant Hamasaki uh, oh. Kana. Oh, oh Hamasaki, okay, Listen, okay. if Hamasaki fights Reina, that will end in one round with Hamasaki getting uh, her in some weird submission. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: But as far as Hamasaki Kana goes, I think that would be an interesting fight to make if Hamasaki makes mince meat of Minu Karobe.
0: Uh yeah, but but do you think fight to make do you think that's a fight that they should have on a New Year's Eve card? Do you think they wanna do you think they wanna keep Kana up in their cause, you know, that is a very competitive fight for Kana. Kana can't lose that oh, match. Yeah. That is a very competitive fight for Kana, especially seeing
1: the fact that Hamasaki I mean, Hamasaki has way more international experience than Kana Asakura, whose only international experience, really, so far has been on King of the Cage cards, even though she just signed to Ayaka's old U.S. promotion and in, invicta.
0: Yay. Go ahead. Uh,
1: but basically, if Kana Asakura isn't fast-tracked to the UFC... I really hope she ends up fighting Ayaka Hamasaki, like as that as that last obstacle to get to the UFC before you know potentially facing some of the best talent in the world.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I think. I think. I think Hamas. That's the match build up to. If Hamasaki wins this, uh, if Karube wins it, you know, obviously I have no idea. What you do then, but uh, I think the fight to make that Ryzen should make is Kana and uh, and Asuka, uh, Kana and uh, Hamazaki, um, and then you know I don't think you know if they do it for New Year's Eve, I think that might be too early. I think you gotta wait at least maybe a few more months, maybe for their July for their July show, their July cinema show. Um, you know, I, I, that's not a match that you want to burn through so quickly because Kana coming off of a uh, coming off such a strong win against uh Arena like she did recently you know winning the uh, Super Atomweight Grand Prix you know you don't it's you know you don't want to have a Yusuke Yachi um uh incident where he gets knocked out by uh, by the uh, unknown Brazilian guy who doesn't fight a lightweight and then you know it's kind of like what do you do with him now <laughs> exactly but yes, I think that Hamazaki will win this. Um, I could easily see Hamazaki finishing Kurobe, um, and then Kurobe uh, will be uh, will be uh, looking for a boyfriend, I guess. And uh, well, I guess she, she can in Deep Jewels, cause uh, <laughs> men don't fight in Deep Jewels. So um, maybe she exactly. sh- maybe she could she should uh, go to Deep instead. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Look in, right, look in, right. look in the mail. We're, we we the and do that.
1: Exactly. Now, now, when it comes down to the next two fights, as far as MMA goes, they're both open weight bouts.
0: But do you want to talk about the Osuna Rashi first. I apologize. You said the um Osuna Bob Sapp match and what was the other one? Do you want to talk about the um,
1: Osap fight or do you want to talk about the Rocky Martinez?
0: Oh, okay. Okay, the Rocky Martinez Crow cop fight. Okay. Um what's what's do uh what's do Bob Sap Osuna first? Oh god why <laughs>
1: Berg. I mean, I don't, I, as you mentioned it, now that you have mentioned it, Andrew Benjamin, I'm going to shut the shit out of this. Oh, wait. sumo wrestler to reach the level of Mageshira Ichi, the top level in sumo wrestling, he will be going up against Combat Sports' lovable loser, Robert Malcolm Bob the Beast Sapp, who, oh by the way, is currently riding a 13-fight losing streak in mixed martial arts. Can't you believe it?
0: (laughs) Well, at least uh, Osuna... Has no record in MMA, this will be his debut, so we can't say that he's won one or lost one. So, I guess technically he has a better record than Bob Sapp, if you were to do... uh, Oh, 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 right, 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 of course
1: he does. But still, let's look at the particulars of this fight. Osunarashi Kintaro, real name, Abdel Rahman Shalan. He stands in at 6 feet 2 inches tall. In his sumo days, he weighed abruptly 490 pounds, but he has since bulked down probably to 350, I think. He was originally born on February tenth, 1992. He's 26 years old, fighting out of Cairo, Egypt. He will be fighting out of Japan by way of the UWF USA camp in Huntington Beach, California, under Josh Barnett. Which is, of course, why Josh Barnett had to skip out on next weekend's New Japan Pro Wrestling show just to be there. His opponent, of course, Bob Sapp. The former University of Washington offensive lineman. That means he's a former football player, ladies and gentlemen. And the former IWGP heavyweight champion, the first and only African-American to hold that title. He stands in at 6 feet 5 inches, weighing in at 352.7 pounds. With an 82-inch reach, originally from Colorado Springs, Colorado, he fights out of Antonio, MMA, or for Japan. <sighs> Do you want to get in?
0: I apologize, Christian. <laughs> I mean, I
1: particulars and I'll give you my version of the audio after we're done with this podcast. Do you want to go into the details of this fight? Because I got nothing.
0: I'm just shredding the shit out of it. Um, well, uh, Well, here's th- I did contact Ryzen because I want to get the full breakdown of the rules of this match. I'm going to read them right now because I think it's important to know what the rules are because this this is a definitely a special rules match. So, this is what they told me when I reached out to Ryzen. Uh, They said it's going to be three minutes, uh, three rounds, um, open weight. Ryzen rules with soccer ball kicks, needs to head of ground opponents if face ups are allowed. In between rounds will be 60 seconds breaks. Oop, I, I lost you again, Christian. Hold on. Hold on. Oop. Oops, folks, sorry. We wa- <laughs> we lost Christian again. Ugh. Let's see if this works. Hello, Christian?
1: So, yeah, what's what he's saying is it's a special rules fight. Three three minute rounds. Soccer ball kicks and elbows to the head are legal.
0: No 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 no. no Sorry sorry. No elbows above the neck are allowed. Oh damn right. And uh, in between in between rounds, sixty second intervals. Right
1: right right.
0: Is that normal though? Isn't it normally thirty seconds? Or am I am I wrong in my uh, math? Uh, my time count. Uh, no it's.
1: 60 seconds. It's
0: normally 60 seconds. Oh, okay. Because, I don't know why. I didn't think it was 60 seconds. But yeah, so again, you know, so soccer kicks are allowed, knees to the head of a ground opponent, face-offs are allowed, 60 seconds in between rounds, and no elbows above the neck. And they told me this, uh, that they want to see... This is what Ryzen told me. We want to see a good competitive fight. We thought this... That having these open weight bout, that having this open weight bout would, would be more competitive if each rounds were three minutes. So we suggested that to both fighters, and they both agreed. So basically, Ryzen went to them with the rules. It wasn't one camp went to the other. Ryzen's the one who suggested these rules, and probably for the better, I'll say three minutes, three rounds. I think maybe too long even for a match like this, but it's better than one ten minute round, um, and then a the second five minute round. Good
1: lord, is it
0: better? Um, but you know, I did want the Rising Confessions video that just that, that came out before the re- the one that just came out today has a little um has a little uh, snippet on uh, Osuna. Now, a little background on him: he was a he's a a, a, a foreigner sumo, um, kind of like Baruto. Um, and I was also um, so when I went to the Rising press conference uh when I was in Rising uh eleven. Uh, I was told that Baruto. Isn't even living in Japan anymore. He's apparently uh, not even doing. He's just doing that TV show there. And then he goes back to Estonia, unless I, unless I, uh, unless uh, unless uh, I heard it incorrectly, but that's what it seemed like. Bruto's not even. It seems to be done with MMA. Oh yeah,
1: Baruto is pretty much done with MMA, which is disappointing he's because pretty much being a celebrity
0: now. Uh, I'm disappointed in that because he was uh, one of my uh, one of my guilty pleasure fighters. Um for Ryzen. But uh looks like Osuna is gonna take up that mantle of being the sumo uh MMA uh sumo turned MMA star. Now if you're wondering why he's not in sumo anymore, apparently what happened was that a few years ago he broke the rules of sumo by driving a car. Um so apparently Well, here's the thing, he drove the car also, but also did not have a license. So apparently sumo's are not supposed to drive cars in Japan. And he did, he did... Of
1: course they not.
0: And then he did... He, I mean... I mean, to be honest, what are you supposed... What are you
1: supposed to do in a room full of big, fat, sweaty guys trying to win matches and throw each other out of a ring? I mean, what are you supposed to do there? Exactly.
0: Just sit around and be miserable. But he was caught driving out of a license and so, you know, big scandal in Japan. And so he was basically... He seemed to be more or less forced out of sumo, so that's why he's now coming to MMA. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it was funny, the uh, Rise of Confessions video, first, one of the first things they show him doing is driving, which I thought was f- fucking hilarious. I thought I was dying first laughing. The first thing they show him doing is, is driving what, Andrew? Driving. Is, is driving. Oh, driving. a car. Okay. Um, but, uh, he's definitely around 350 pounds. He's definitely not 400. That is definitely not a a 400 pound guy. Um, let's see. Yeah, he's, yeah, Josh Barnett, you know, who also, you know, interesting connection to Bob Sapp was Bob Sapp's trainer when, uh, he was in Pride, I believe. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Bob Sapp was trained by both Maurice Moe Smith and Josh Barnett.
0: So, uh, there's an interesting, a interesting connection there. Um,
1: and I mean, especially when it comes down to Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett was one of Bob Stout's pro wrestling trainers as well.
0: Exactly. Um, Osuna. Um, uh, he speaks fluent Japanese. He was he in in the video. He was speaking full Japanese. So that means I have to believe that he spe- uh, he speaks uh, uh, Japanese, Arabic, and also you know he was doing a a, a live Q and A on Facebook or something. He was speaking English, so he knows three languages. Huh. So he's so,
1: a, basically he's multilingual. He's
0: multi. He's a multilingual guy. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out shit to give about him because you know I can't talk about his MMA career, obviously. So he, and, you know, well,
1: we'll, pro- we'll probably talk a little bit more about his MMA career next weekend yes. after we're done seeing him embarrass Bob Sapp, which uh, of course, according to the topology faithful. Eighty-nine percent of the people want to see Osuna Rashi embarrass Bob Sapp, and can you give a little
0: bit more in detail about what Bob Sapp's going through these days? Uh a little, a little, what thirteen fight losing streak uh, in MMA. Well,
1: not just that. I mean, I'm talking about there's some allegations going on with him. Oh, the
0: domestic abuse allegations.
1: Yes, that are just now coming to light.
0: I thought this was. I thought this was a few months ago. I didn't know. I thought this was. I thought this was a few months ago, and then people stopped talking about it.
1: Well, I mean to be honest, this will be his first contest really since that, and obviously this is his second rising bout. The first rising bout he had was that embarrassing shootboxing bout between him and Akibon Otaro, Chad Rowan, back <laughs> on New Year's Eve, twenty fifteen.
0: Uh yes. uh so yeah, there were. There are some allegations, um, I don't know what who the party was, whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, an ex or whoever, but there are some, uh, allegations that he is, uh, that he, uh, was a, uh, domestic abuser, um, and I can tell you, you know I, know, I know, you know, you like to make jokes about Bob Sapp, you know, that this guy, you know, he cries when he gets punched in the face or in the chest or whatever, um... And he's, he's, you know, Bob Sapp, you know, you know, even though he's a real person, Bob Sapp is also a character to a degree, but, you know. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, the dude's been in movies, television shows, and just about anything he can get his grubby little hands on. I mean, grubby giant hands on.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it it is serious that these allegations are true, um, but you know, it's funny. I don't think it's it's getting a lot of press as uh, as some others are. You know, um, you know, there's the um, who's the uh, football. There's the football player for who who, who, who was going to be signed the UFC, but then those allegations about him came oh, out. Oh
1: lord, let's let's not talk about Greg Hardy. Yes, Greg Please. Hardy has,
0: Yes, you know, um, you know, I'm hearing a lot about that more than the Bob Sapp. One, I don't know if it's because this was in Japan and uh, and all that, but you know, I don't, I don't feel like the Bob Sapp thing. I feel, I know, I heard about it a while ago, but then it just seemed to disappear. What do you, you have any thoughts yeah. on that?
1: Man, nah, all I know when it comes down to Bob Sapp is that he knows what he did was wrong. I just hope that. Osunarashi beats the crap out of him just so that he can know that he's wrong for that.
0: I, uh, yeah, well, uh, going into the uh, logistics of, of this fight, um, so, I don't know where I heard this from. I totally forgot, but apparently, so. Uh,
1: like I said, like I said before, I think, I mean, I think I put it more into detail on my version of this recording, but <laughs> Osunarashi. He's originally from Egypt, fighting out of Japan. Obviously, Bob Sapp is originally from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and fighting out of Team Body Shop in Long Beach. But he fights out of Shinjuku, Tokyo.
0: Um, I, the, the, the one advantage that Bob Sapp has is that... Uh, and I don't know who mentioned this to me before, but I, I it stuck with me for some reason... Bob Sapp is apparently undefeated against sumo fighters in all combat. <laughs> really? Didn't he? Uh, is it, he? he did he, uh, he? beat Akebono, uh, twice. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yes, he
1: did. He did beat Bono twice, and I think 12 years apart, he defeated him on New Year's Eve 2003, and he defeated him on New Year's Eve. I mean, on New Year's Eve 2015.
0: Uh, and I'm going through his record right now, trying to see if any of these other people have sumo backgrounds. Um, you know, I was very, you know, uh, I'm trying to just, uh, Takayama, I don't think was, he was a big guy, but he was definitely not a sumo. Um. No. yeah, no shit, dude. The, dude's <laughs> six t- the dude was
1: six foot ten. Of course he wasn't no sumo.
0: Um, he would, uh, it would have been interesting sumo um I will say but uh I'm looking I'm trying to see uh uh he's fought judokas, um but not but for sumos uh, well it might be might be the Akibono might be the only one uh, in MMA I'm looking to go through his kickboxing record and um see uh yeah you know um well, that's, that's Bob Sapp's uh, claim. You know He can say that he's undefeated against sumos. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: I mean, there's really nothing to talk about this fight, really. I don't know what, I mean, other than giving back on the fire, like, if Bob Sapp wins and, I mean, like, you just got defeated by a 13-losing streak fighter and that's embarrassing. But if Osuna wins, you know, I don't know if, getting a win over Bob Sack really does anything for him. Does it? At all? Do you think it does, Christian?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it does plenty of people the- oh, in career. Aside from the fact that he gets a win over a guy who's basically gone toe-to-toe with the likes of Manoa Man, with the likes of Bobby Lashley, John the Giant, Noah Sokoju, Sokolju, even Big Nog, Antonio hakigo Noguelo. So, basically, he can, I mean, if Osunarashi wins this fight, and of course, I know he's going to win. Hopefully, you know he's going to win. Everybody knows that Osunarashi's going to win. If Osunarashi wins, he can basically say he defeated one of the, if not the, single biggest legend of Freak Show MMA.
0: And this is a Freak Show fight through and through. Um... Oh, duh. And uh I hope yeah, I hope Osuna wins. I admit I kind of like seeing Sumo Sumo guys going to MMA. Now of course here's the thing though, how exciting will this fight be? Is it gonna be as bad as the as the Bolt uh fight? Oh no, no. Please do not mention that Bolt fight
1: ever again. The one that he had against Shomashibi Sai, don't mention it again. Well, because I think that fight's gonna be I mean, I think that this fight coming up, Osuna versus Bob Sapp is going to be way, way more interesting than whatever that was.
0: Uh, do you think that this will end in the first round with a punch by uh, Osuna? <laughs> hey,
1: if, if if it doesn't end in the first round, I will be sadly disappointed.
0: Well, here's the thing: I'm going to say this better end the first round because if it doesn't, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long. Th- Fifteen minutes for everybody. Actually, you've actually, no, no. Actually, it's gonna be the most boring six minutes of.
1: It's gonna be the most boring six minutes in the history of fighting. No, oh, yeah. Not just MMA, but fighting in general.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and but unfortunately, you know what's gonna happen is that this fight's gonna obviously, you know, this is a fight that everybody's gonna pay attention to. Um, you know, I'll say, uh, other than the main event. You know, this is the one that's going to get the most, you know, the most shared on, on, on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, you know, if, if it, it might even become meme worthy, you know, if it ends in a, in a dumb, hilarious fashion, but, you know, this is, you know, this is a, this, this is the cost, you know, of, uh, you know, this is, you know, this will get people to tune in on, on a, uh, on a car crash level. So I don't begrudge I don't begrudge at all Ryzen for doing this. They know what they gotta do to get people's eyes, and you know, um. Sorry to say, but Tsunami, Ochi aren't gonna be bringing eyes really. You know, the Bob Sapp and Sumo guy, Egyptian Sumo guy, are gonna be the ones bringing the eyes to the, uh, to the to this card. I want the main events. Um, whether you know whether you agree with it or not, you know, freak freak show fight sell, and you know, as you know. That's always been a part of MMA. It's you know that's how MMA even started. Was it was basically a freak show, and you know until people. Oh
1: know. yeah, of course.
0: But I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. You know, you get a lot of fans that do want to see the technical stuff. You know, they want to see two kickboxers. You know, go at it in a uh, in an MMA match or two submission specialists, and that's that that only that that only gets the hardcore fans. This is going to get people. You know, this will probably. Regarding Fuji TV, this will probably be where the Fuji TV um, feed starts, I have to believe, is this match. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: exactly.
0: So, you know, I know people, there's probably a bunch of people that are pissed off that this is happening, probably because of the sap domestic abuse allegations, but also because of the, of the freak show allegations. But, you know, Bob Sapp still sells. I can tell you, I was in, uh, I was in Japan, I saw him in some commercials, he still sells shit there, so, you know... We may he, be, he may be nothing here, but he's still something over there. Maybe not as big as he used to be, but he's still Baba Sapu. You know, he's a name that, that everybody knows there.
1: Oh, exactly. Now, can we please get to this other open weight fight?
0: Uh, onto on the perhaps better open weight fight? Yeah, we could do that if you want.
1: Okay. Okay, fine by me. <laughs> we all know Miracle Kokoff is a legend. We all know that he was supposed to have fought against Roy Big Country Nelson in what would have been his one and only Bellator fight like back in the spring back in the late spring, early summer months. But Miracle Kokoff is basically I mean, I don't know if people are gonna say this is a tune up fight that he's going up against, but he's going up against no tough I mean, no soft customer in Rocky Martinez. Now, first of all, the particulars. Mirko Krokop Filipovic is 6 feet 2 inches tall and weighing in at 233.7 pounds with a 73-inch reach. He is 44 years old Born September 10, 1974, fighting out of Zagreb, Croatia at his own squad, his own Krokop squad gym. He has a 36-11-2 record with one no contest, and is currently riding an 8-fight winning streak, five of which in rising. by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. His
1: opponent? Rocky Martinez, the current Deep Megaton champion, the former Pacific Extreme Combat heavyweight champion. He is 5'10 and 255.2 pounds. Originally from Guam, he still fights out of Guam at Spike 22, but he resides in Federal Way, Washington, USA. He is riding a two-fight, no, he is riding a big winning streak as well. He is riding an eight-fight winning streak with two of his last eight in Ryzen. The Scarpole submission victory over Jerome Labana. And the knockout victory over Kiyoshi Samurai Lost Thought, Kurabara.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I gotta ask, do you think it's going to be a squash match for Krokop, or do you think that Martinez is going to probably get some type of semblance of power in
0: this match? Well, um, you know... Uh- as you probably know, we did interview Mark Hunt. Uh, um, Mark Hunt, excuse me. We interviewed uh, Rocky Martinez excuse, uh, on, this, uh, on, on the uh, We Are Rising podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And the interview is up now uh, regarding his Cro-Cop fight. Uh, he's very confident going to this fight. Um, a few things about the fight, though. You know that, uh, that the Cro-Cops camp uh, asked uh, for the, uh, the lower weight uh, limit? Uh, I think so, I think so. They asked, uh to, uh, to be 110 kilos, which I think comes out to about 240 pounds, uh, as uh-huh. opposed to the, uh, regular Ryzen, um, heavyweight, which I think is, is much, is much more bigger than that. So, that's interesting. Um, the other story is, um, uh, is Crocop's knee, um, you know, an ACL injury, is serious fucking business uh, for those New Japan fans. Satoshi Kojima was out for almost an entire year. Actually, he probably was an entire year uh, with his uh, ACL injury. Meanwhile, Crow Cop came out, like, how long has it been? Well, That was, like, back in March, probably?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's only about... And
1: he was supposed to have fought in May against Roy Nelson.
0: Yes. Uh, and also was probably gonna fight on that on the rising card I went to as well because he was all over the preliminary poster um, mm-hmm. so you know coming back from an injury like that you know and at his age I mean that is something that's quite impressive um, but you know it is crow Cop we're talking about we're talking about the wh- as I call him, one of the final bosses of the heavyweight division. Um, mm-hmm. Rocky Martinez is a good fighter. Um, he's a, he's mostly a brawler, but who has good wrestling, good submission, and he has good cardio as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would love to see Rocky Martinez win, because I think it could do a lot for him, but Crow Cop, you know, how do you, like, you know, I, unless, unless Rocky Martinez were, were just wrestle fuck and maybe try to submit Krokop, I can see that happening. But to try to knock out Krokop is easier said than done. And in fact, doesn't he, doesn't he have only one knockout loss on his MMA record against uh, Gonzaga, if I'm correct?
1: Oh, yes, that one loss that he avenged against Gabriel Gonzaga.
0: Yeah. And you know, let's be honest, you know, Gonzaga got lucky. You know, it wasn't technical skill. He happened to get lucky when he used when he got uh when he when he when he murked Cro Cop with his with his own uh I think it was a right kick to the head. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um I mean, I can't see Rocky Martinez kicking uh Knocking out uh Crocop by by head kick, can he defeat him by you know standing up with those with those heavy-handed uh, heavy hands of his? Absolutely, but the question, but he's got to do it, and you know when you try to do that, you're gonna leave yourself open, and then you know left kick, right kick, left punch,
1: right kick hospital, left hooks. I mean, right kick hospital, left kick cemetery. Yeah, either as,
0: as either kick, either punch. Krokop can knock him out in more than one way. So I I have to give this a Krokop. I think Krokop is just is just I think he's just gonna be the more technical fighter. And he's gonna use he's gonna use that technicality to defeat uh, Rocky Martinez. What do you think what do you think about it, Christian?
1: I think that Krokop is probably gonna win this fight, not because of experience. But probably because of overall, because of his overall punching and kicking power compared to Rocky Martinez. Yeah. And to be honest, the topology faithful, they're basically saying so as well. 94% want to see Miracle Kokop get the win in this bout, but... In order for Rocky Martinez
0: to get the win, I think it's going to take nothing short of a miracle happening. Do you think it goes beyond the first round?
1: Hey, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen in the first round, maybe the second.
0: <laughs> um. Do you think so? And after this, if Krokop does win, you think that they make the Jiri fight for New Year's Eve?
1: Oh, of course, of course. If both of those men. If Yuri Pohashka and Miracle Kokov have stellar performances next Sunday, of course the rising officials are going to make that fight for New Year's Eve because they basically see it as an opportunity for Miracle to pass the torch to Jiri.
0: Do you think that uh, if if, if uh, it, uh, they could do Rocky Martinez and Jake Kuhn maybe as well? If uh, if I if either of them loses. Jake, Jake and Rocky, I mean.
1: Well, that would also be a good possibility, too.
0: Um, now, uh, the other, the. do you think that Krokop's that injury is going to have any effect? Do you think that he'll maybe... Do you think we'll see any of that in, in this fight?
1: Hopefully not. But then again, I really hope that... I mean... I hope not, but then again, if it does, I hope that I really hope that Mirko can try and work his way around it. Otherwise, that leg is going to be a target.
0: Yeah, it, it, it. I would, you know, it absolutely should be a target. And you know, if, if Rocky's smart, he'll he'll work on that leg. You know, push kicks, uh, push kicks to the knee, uh, and try to like chop him down that way. Um I want the wrestling as well. Now, if Cro- if Rocky does defeat Cro you know who he has to fight next, right? If it's not J. Kuhn?
1: Hmm. It's going to be Jerry Pochaska.
0: Close. But, by this point, it is clear that he will be the K-1 killer. So, he would have to fight Bob Sapp next.
1: Oh, Lord, no. No. Absolutely.
0: Oh, you were so shocked that we lost the connection. Oh, shit. We really did lose the connection. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck.
1: I'm serious, man. Nobody wants to see that fight happen.
0: Your your reaction was so bad. Your reaction was so horrific that it caused a connection break. And while when you... Uh, uh... Basically, what I'm saying is nobody
1: wants to see Bob Sap turn into a deaf meme or something. I mean a deaf meme. See, I can't even I can't even pronounce my words correctly because of what you just said, Andrew.
0: Well, you know here's uh, if he wants to earn the nickname the K1 killer, he's got he very very beat Jerome JLB. He, he, if he beats Krokov, he's got one more to go through and it'll be an easy one to go through. So hey, you know what? If you if would be Krokov and they ask him, hey, so Rocky, who do you want to fight next? I would say Bob Sapp. Let me let me, let me, me do my K-1 trifecta. Oh, wait,
1: wait, wait. You were talking about Rocky Martinez versus Bob Sapp, right?
0: Oh, who did you think I was talking about?
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about Yuri Pohoska.
0: Oh, yeah, no. wants
1: to see Yuri Pohoska versus Bob Sapp, but I think that Rocky Martinez versus Bob Sapp would be a... Pretty funny bout
0: Because because he's already defeated Jerome Banner. If he defeats Krokop, Bob's absolutely the only K One fighter, uh, classic K One fighter that they still out that is on the Ryzen roster. So you know,
1: yeah, but earned the nickname the K One Killer. got Peter. Er- I mean, Peter Ercz is still Peter Erich is still fighting somewhere. Remy Bonjansky is still fighting somewhere.
0: Ah, uh, but Ercz hasn't has not he hasn't fought since uh, that last fight that he had in Ryzen. How long? How was like a uh, how long ago? That was like three or four years ago, right? Oh yeah, that was nearly three years ago. That may have been on like that one they Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if they yeah, want to have Peter Aerts. You know, want you know, they want to want to just find out where he's hiding out. Uh, yeah, by all means, give him a call. Um, you know when um. When Mark Hunt gets the UFC comes to Ryzen, you know, have a Rocky Martinez uh, Mark Hunt fight as well.
1: Oh, now that's asking too much. That is asking too much.
0: Uh but I think I mean, you I think do you, you know
1: really want to see Mark Hunt go back to killer mode.
0: Listen, I, I will tune into a Mark Hunt fight anytime. Doesn't matter who he's fighting. <laughs> I am I've been a Mark Hunt fan forever and you know i've seen i've seen the worst of him and i've seen the best of him i'll always be there for a mark hunt fight because mark hunt is just you know my he's my favorite like inspirational mma story of all time
1: Mm Hmm, i can see that now before we go into the two main bouts that i've listed out on the card which the kickboxing bouts i have to ask you andrew do you think that Ryzen's is going to try and do something with their kickboxing division by New Year's Eve?
0: Well, it's interesting. Or at
1: least by the mood i mean, at least by this time next year, this time in twenty nineteen.
0: You mean? Do you mean like have a, another Grand Prix or a tournament, or do you mean something like that?
1: Well, yeah, I was thinking that. But do you think that? The outcome of these two fights will probably make Ryzen think a little harder about their kickboxing division.
0: Oh, it's possible. Um, actually, interestingly enough, um, the reason why the main event uh, is happening, uh, Sakakibara apparently said that um, that the uh, that the, they were originally going to do the uh, that kickboxing tournament, but apparently it didn't pan out for whatever reason. I don't know. It's because they didn't have enough fighters, or um. What exactly happened? But I remember that was supposed to be the big talk was that there was supposed to be this this huge grand prix that was going to lead to the main event. Um, but yeah, we have no, we have we have nothing like that. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, you know. I wonder, you know. Also, I wonder if they're going to do, you know, more kickboxing matches. You know, in, in more kickboxing areas. Like Nagoya seems to get the most kickboxing matches whenever they go to Nagoya. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. If they do like a, uh, I don't know if they'll have like a full kickboxing card. I think they'll probably have, it'll it'll always be more MMA. Um, Regarding kickboxing though, you know, hey, you know, if they have a a tournament, you know, like they did uh, with a, you know, I think it'd be interesting not to have a tournament not with tension only because you kind of know who's going to win if he's in it. Um, I think as well, you know, having different weight classes. I wouldn't mind seeing an open-weight kickboxing tournament or a heavyweight kickboxing tournament.
1: Oh, yeah, bringing all the legendary K-1 stars out and bringing all those unknown heavyweights from far reaches of the land.
0: Oh, yeah, as long as it's not anybody from Mongolia.
1: No, fuck no. Fuck <laughs> Mongolia.
0: But, you know, obviously, you know, the big match, you know, the big the big kickboxing match other than the main event that everybody wants to see is uh, Takaru versus Tension. And, you know... <laughs> you know whether that happens in a Ryzen ring or a K1 ring or whatever you know I don't think you know the there's really mm, it's really you know the kickboxing division kickboxing in Japan is a, is in is an interesting point but the problem is is that you basically only have one big star and that's Tenshin and then the, mm-hmm. the, and Takaru who you know Takaru is is obviously He's not on the level of tension is I'm saying fame wise, not gonna say not saying te- uh, technical wise as a kickboxer, but I think tension is probably it's fair to say he's probably the more famous of the two. Um so where was I going with this? So I where, oh, so yeah, regarding what Rising. will do with kickboxing, I think you know, I think they could de- they could definitely do to have another kickboxing tournament, you know, one every year, you know, maybe you know, change up a weight division or something. You know, you know, try to have the... I wouldn't mind seeing, like, MMA fighters try it, you know. It, it, and then, you know, you have, you know, regular kickboxers as well. I mean, I would, you know, I like to say, you know, bring in Andy Sauer, but obviously that can't happen anymore. So, um... <laughs> um I'm trying to think of who they could, you know, um... Who they could have. Um... Uh, to be honest, I don't really...
1: I'm probably eventually the Tension Takelu fight might happen if it ever happens. Well you don't but think- I just hope it does tap before Ryzen ends up shuddering or before one has a firm on the
0: industry in. Yes, I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, you know you know, if you want to have a woman's kickboxing tournament You know, and have, you know, to bring Reyna back up, by all means, you know, do something like that, you know. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Now that would be fun. Yeah. That really
0: would be fun. uh, Because if it's true that she's not going to do MMA anymore, um, that's supposedly the rumors or that she's taking a hiatus from MMA, you know what? I got no problem them building a kickboxing thing around her, uh, kickboxing tournament around her, because um, you know, to help Bring her her status back up as a combat fighter. Um, well, you have you have any thoughts on what on rising kickboxing? Hey, I mean, as long as these two nights we're gonna see
1: next Sunday doesn't disappoint, I just hope that they can do everything. Right with Vision, otherwise.
0: Then what's the point? <laughs> well, here's the thing as well. You know, I I would like to see him get legit kickboxers, not 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 just MMA fighters, Moon Lions kickboxers, or Lethway Lethway or whatever it was, Lethway, way, with way. that one guy. Um, you know, you gotta have a little bit. You gotta have. I, you you should have a mix of MMA fighters and 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 uh, and people who are kick who are kickbox like. You know what? Have a kickboxing tournament. and Have Top in it. I would love to see that. I love to see topnoy Oh noise. yeah,
1: of course, because he is a Muay Thai fighter after
0: all. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I don't know if he could get down to uh, if he you think he could get down to one twenty five. Oh, hopefully. Move. I mean, I hope so. Without any extreme weight cutting measures. I hope so too. And if he, if he's doing this fight at one thirty, though, I can't see how he can't make one twenty five. Um. If you want to have a tension topnoy match, I would have no problem with that.
1: Holy shit, that would be fun! Now, pretty much you're speaking you're speaking everybody's language, and you're making everybody's mouth salivate.
0: But oh my uh, God. you know, Let's just get on with the yes supposed co-main event. Oh, and you must have you must have Ka- Kaito Ono on the car as well because he is my favorite. Oh, 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 of course, Kaito
1: Ono. The shootboxing god, I guess, right now. Yes,
0: we the, have to have him
1: on that card.
0: And you know what? You can make those redditors who want who want to see the dream match between him and Tension happen as well.
1: Holy shit, man! <laughs> I mean, come to think of it, that would probably be more Kid versus, I mean, Kid Yamamoto versus Masato than the main event of this particular card that's happening next weekend will be. Oh yes, but really, let's just let's just count all our chickens in a row, let's just I mean, let's just hope and pray that these fights these two kickboxing bouts that's gonna happen next Sunday don't disappoint now, let's go ahead and go to the supposed co-main event of this fight card we have a kickboxing bout, three three minute rounds, Taiga Kawabe versus Kento Haraguchi the first I mean the particulars first of all Taiga Kawabe I don't know if you know much about him he is 22 years old born August 14, 1996 fighting at a tri gym in Sakamiga, I mean in Sagamihara Kanagawa Japan his opponent Kento Haraguchi he's also a young boy as well he was born on April 9, 1998, and he fights at a, some fight camp, I don't know. Do you have anything about these two that you want to talk
0: about? Well, um... I
1: mean, what's their records like?
0: Well, Tyga... Well, unfortunately, kickboxing records, unlike MMA records, are very hard to track. But according to Tyga, uh, Tiger's Wikipedia page, he has 20 wins with 6 KOs and 6 losses. Um... um uh, and he's, yeah, he's from the TryHard gym, he's a southpaw, 5'5", five five, uh, 132 pounds, cow- Kanagawa, Kanagawa Prefecture, um, he is ranked the number 8 Bantamweight in the world by Combat Press as of September of this month, uh, his, okay. his accomplishments are, our, are our 2013 Crush Youth, uh, Grand Prix 55kg Tournament Champion, 2014 uh-huh. Crush 55kg Champion, 2015 K1 55-kilogram world champion runner-up. 2016 K1 60-kilogram Japan tournament uh, champion. 2016 K1 World Grand Prix. 2016 60-kilogram world tournament runner-up. And the 2017 K1 60-kilogram uh, world champion. So in case you didn't know, this guy fights for cru- uh, fought for Crush and he fights for K1. <laughs> wow. So he does have an impressive record. And you know, I have heard of him before he was um, before he was um, uh, announced horizon. He's also the younger brother of Hero Hiro- Hiro- Hiroya, if you can't believe that, the uh, other yeah. kickbox. Hiroya Urab- I mean
1: Hiroya Kurabe. Yes.
0: So kickboxing seems to be in the blood in the Kurabe family, as well as going by singular first names as well. So yeah, exactly. Um, regarding his opponents um who I will get up in a second because unfortunately I was looking at uh at um Tiger's uh record. Um so it's he goes
1: okay, by Okay, take your time. Uh, he goes oh,
0: he goes by only Taiga, right? He doesn't really go by Kawabe, right?
1: Yeah, he goes by just those five letters T A I G A, Tiger.
0: Okay, well um get to Haraguchi. Uh going to Com, which is a, a record keeper of, of boxing matches. He's a... Box rec, right? Yeah, box rec, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. He's uh, 4-1 and with two KOs. Fights Orthodox. Uh, fights in Flyweight. Um, let's see. His last win came... It says that he last had a boxing match in 2016, uh, which he lost. Uh, majority decision. Uh, to a Tetsuya Tarada... Um, and, uh, that's really all that's, that's, uh, that there is about him. Um... But
1: there's nothing about him when it comes down to kickboxing, right?
0: Nope. As far as we, are, I'm assuming that boxrec.com, that's only for traditional boxing, not kickboxing, right?
1: Yeah, it
0: is. So, Unfortunately. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, so, there's really, um, don't, there's, there's nothing about him, I see, regarding kickboxing, um... Still trying to look up stuff as well. Um, On, oh, um, I he looks like he might have fought for Rise as well.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so it looks like yeah, yeah. Some kickboxing background to him.
0: So, so yeah, he did fight in Rise, and he did win a, a match in Rise. It looks like it was a tournament. Um, that uh, let's see. Yep. Oh yeah. In fact, actually. This is how he got, he how he looks like he got booked at Ryzen for this card was that he won the Rise tournament the Rise One Twenty Five tournament, uh to uh, move on to Ryzen, um uh-huh. and um it was originally supposed to be called the Ryzen Kick tournament but obviously the Kick tournament didn't happen so um and he did knock uh uh it looks like, uh he knocked out the the opponent he finished the opponent in the second round uh. Third round, looks like he won by decision. Um, but it looks like he's still got a... Um, he's got a, a, uh, a suitable kickboxing background, but it looks like Taiga has, the obviously, the more uh, the more experienced kickboxing record. So, um, I'm not too familiar with kickboxing. Do you have any thoughts on this uh, fight before I give my thoughts on who wins?
1: You know what? The topology... I mean, obviously, there's something with topology where you don't vote for kickboxing belts. I get that. Just off of that just off of that resume you read about him, like, I mean, just off of the resume that Tiger Kawabe has, I think he's going to probably win this fight within the first two rounds via knockout, of course.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think Tiger easily takes this. Um... You know, I know that kickboxing is not my thing, but I can tell when I see a, a kickbox a, a more. A, a kickbox, who's the better kickboxer out of, out of two fighters? And I can easily tell that Taiga is the better of the two. I mean, can Kento Haraguchi win? Yeah, sure, of course. You know, punch his chance, as they always say. But Taiga comes from a uh, kickboxing family, obviously. Um, he has more fights and uh, more wins as well. Um, I just have to go with him because I think that he's the uh, the better fighter. Bigger name, as they say. I mean, there's really nothing much else like I can say, you know. There's, you know, That's all I can really say.
1: And plus, when it comes down to Tiger, he is a better one. He is, I mean, he basically fought... The list, I mean, a top list of who's who when it comes down to Japanese kickboxing. Now I just hope that he can basically boost that up when it comes down to fighting
0: on a big stage. Oh, of course, yeah. There's a difference between fighting, you know, in K1, in K-1 now uh, and fighting in Ryzen. Um, you know, if Tiger puts on a good forms, who knows? Maybe he can get tension next, you know. Maybe... You know, maybe it'll be a a competitive fight for tension, you know, in the future. And
1: maybe that'll lead to the build up for Ty I mean, maybe that'll lead to the build up for Tension versus Takeru.
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh exactly. Um Yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, uh you know probably a lot of the audience going into this fight into this kickboxing match is not gonna know either one hopefully they both can make a name for themselves, kind of like uh, Kaido Ono did at <laughs> Ryzen 11. Um, exactly. I wish, you know, i picked Tiger to win, but hopefully they both come out looking, looking, looking good.
1: Mm-hmm. And now it's time to talk about the main event, the one that everybody's going to be focusing their eyes towards. The main event pitting mixed martial arts superstar Kyoji Horiguchi versus all-around combat sports wonderkin Tenshin Nasukawa. Now, first of all, the particulars on Kyoji Horiguchi, who will basically be playing the role of Kid Yamamoto going into this fight card. He is 5 feet 5 inches tall, weighing 125 pounds with a 66-inch reach. He fights out of Coconut Creek, Florida, an American top team by way of Takasaki, Gunma, Japan, and the Crazy B camp. His opponent. Oh, and by the way, Kiyoshi Horibuchi has an MMA record of 25 wins, two losses, 13 of those 25 wins by way of knockout. His opponent, from the Shiba Prefecture of Japan, Tenshin Teppan Nasakawa, I mean, from actually Matsuyama Shiba, Japan, Tenshin Nasakawa, born August 18, 1988, He, I mean 1998, he is 20 years old, 5'4", 121.3 pounds, he has an MMA record of 4-0, and two of those four wins by way of knockouts. He has an amateur kickboxing record of 99 wins, five losses, and one draw, with 37 by way of knockout. And of course, he is undefeated in kickboxing. 27 fights, 27 victories, 21 by way of knockout. Kyoji Horiguchi will be putting on the box, the kickboxing gloves for the first time. But I have to ask, what are your thoughts? About this
0: bout. Well, before we get into the thoughts and about there, were, I wanna um, go into. Um, apparently, um, if this thing is a draw, so it's three minutes, three rounds. If there's a draw, they're gonna go an extra round.
1: Mhm. Southern
0: victory. That's a, that's a, that's very interesting. Um, I don't know. That, is that usually done in kickboxing? No, I can't, I don't think it is. No,
1: Kyoji has never done
0: kickboxing. No, 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 I, I, was. is the extra round ever done, It is the extra round ever done in kickboxing? Oh,
1: yeah, the extra rounds have been done in kickboxing before. Okay. I just don't see why they never have gone, like, 10 three-minute rounds or 12 three-minute rounds like they do in boxing.
0: I also read, apparently, they're going to be using six-ounce gloves. Oh,
1: okay. Um, Interesting.
0: Interesting. Which, yeah, that that surprised me the most. I thought it would be 8-ounce, maybe even 12-ounce. Like in boxing and
1: kickboxing.
0: Yeah, but they're doing 6-ounce gloves, which, I don't know. Do you think that has will have a, as much of a difference? It probably will. And also, you know, it will. the other factor is, you know, this is Kyoji who's going to be competing in a match, in a, in a sanctioned match for the first time. With closed gloves, as opposed to open-finger gloves like they do in MMA, that is actually that is very important. He's used to 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 extending his fingers, grabbing, um, using that for distance. Can't do that anymore in a kickboxing match. You have to. You're basically you're basically holding up a, a, a closed fist with those gloves. Is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, also in the Rising Confessions video, by the way, this is Rising Confessions video 30. If anybody wants to go back. And, uh and watch it uh gucci says he's gonna fight this fight as an mma fighter not as a kickboxer that's very interesting to me because you know he's a G- gucci loves those angles he loves he loves cutting those angles and uh, and, and he's almost he likes to dart in and, and he likes to kind of like he, i'm trying to think of what but the like he darts in and then goes back this that's what he does in mma fights can he do the same thing in this kickboxing match against Tension, who is very, who has very fast reaction time? He was also very fast as well when it comes to punching his opponent? Um, I don't know. That's that's very tough. Um, he also said something very interesting as well in in the video. Um, now, as everybody knows, he does not train Japan Horiguchi. He trains the United States, and he said in the, he trains
1: more specifically in South Florida.
0: Yes. He said in the Rise of Confessions video that he does not like the U.S. He is, that he is not fond of the U.S. Like,
1: oh really?
0: Yeah, and I go, I wasn't really? think I wasn't like I was trying to figure out does he not like the food here? Does he? Is it more of like he's not fond of how of like U.S. customs? Does he just hate the country? It was very it was a very strange like way of how he said it. I couldn't tell if it was with disdain or disgust or just you know i'm i'm I feel like I'm a lost land here as opposed to in Japan um yeah, I thought that was a very interesting thing that he said um it's
1: probably because people can't really understand him that much
0: oh yeah, he does know English he does know some English, actually probably better English than some other fighters who have trained in America from japan um mm-hmm. um but um it's you know I mean. How's this fight gonna go? Is this fight gonna be like Ovrim, Bahari or is this fight gonna be like Masato Yamamoto? It's very. Or is it gonna be like Joe Schilling versus Mas- I mean Hisaki Kato? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I want to say that tensions obviously gonna w- will win because it's a kickboxing match, but I can't believe that Horaguchi's taking this fight. Thinking that he's gonna lose, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't. If he thought that he was gonna, if he had a chance to lose this fight, I could see him saying no to it. Even if people want to see it, he would. It would do no benefit to him to go into a, a match like this to lose it. Uh uh-huh. You know.
1: Exactly. I
0: think that I'm gonna probably be the one eye guy out, and also probably the you know. As I talked to some other fighters as well, and they and they think that Tension's gonna win. But you know what? I'm gonna be the odd guy out. I'm gonna say that Horaguchi is going to come in trained for this fight. He knows he know he's gonna approach this fight differently than other than other fighters have for, for that have fought Tension that were MMA fighters like Nakamura and uh... um. Try to think of other. Uh, uh, probably Nakamura was probably the, mo- the most um, the, the most MMA out of all the fighters that went from kickboxing that that went from MMA to that fought uh, tension a kickboxing match. Um, he's not gonna make the same mistakes as, Naka- as Nakamura did. Uh, I can see tension. I mean, uh, I can see Koriguchi blitzing tension and maybe getting decision win. I don't think he's gonna knock him out. But I think Horiguchi can actually win this. I'm going to pick him to win this by decision. Well... I know I'm the odd guy on this. I know I'm the odd guy on this.
1: Okay. I'm not going to basically shame you for picking Horiguchi to win this. But considering the fact that Natsukawa is only 20 years old, considering the fact that he got... (laughs) Enough experience in his middle finger than anybody has in their entire body, even though he's only twenty. I think that his experience in kickboxing is gonna be a little too much for Horiguchi to handle, and that's not to basically throw shade on Horiguchi. Obviously, this is his first. I mean, this is his first kickboxing bout, but I think, I think that when it comes down
0: to... Uh Uh-oh. Christian, I lost you again. To win this fight. Can you repeat that again, Christian? I lost you when you were talking.
1: Basically, basically, what I'm trying to say, Andrew, is that I think Nasakao was going to win this fight because he has the youth advantage, and he has, as far as kickboxing is concerned, the experience advantage when it comes down to going into this fight and going into not only his fight but his sport with the upper hand. I mean, granted, even though I know that Kiyochi Horiguchi is going to come in fighting like Kid Yamamoto did against Masato back on New Year's Eve 2004, I don't think it's going to end in a decision. I think it's going to end in a knockout, and I think that Nasu is going to be the one to give it to him.
0: So you think it'll be more like? Uh... And I
1: won't be surprised if it happens in either the first, second, or third round. Either
0: so you think that Yamato is going to be, is going to be like the uh, Yamato uh, Mike uh, Z- Zambridis fight uh, kickboxing match? I think it was. Are uh,
1: you being like the no Fumi Yamamoto? Might the Grigzambidis fight. Yes,
0: yes, that one. I I watched that over the weekend as well, and you know, was actually surprised that uh you could not Yamato uh, could be knocked out. Um, um, so but you, you, has um has uh, Horiguchi ever been knocked down as far as you c- can recall in an MMA match? No, he
1: has not. Both of his losses, if I'm not mistaken, both of his losses have come by way. Um. Let's see the, 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 uh,
0: major- I know majority of his c- losses
1: are done by way of decision
0: um, MMA. No, no, no Remember uh, Um, He got tapped out by Demetrius Johnson In 4 minutes 59 seconds
1: Oh, right, right, right One loss via decision The other in the latest stoppage In mixed martial arts history Over Demetrius Johnson
0: Yes Um. Yeah, but here's the thing as well the, th- the other thing that I'm surprised about Is the 6 ounce gloves I don't like. Do you think do you think that will make a knockout easier for tension in that case? I think it will. Um. Do you think there's any way that Horiguchi can win this, or is he is he just it's it's a no win situation for him?
1: Well, I mean, if and I know I've been saying this all night. When it comes down to certain fights. But if he can stand and trade with Horiguchi, I mean if he can stand and trade with Nasakawa and mind his Ps and Q's, block when it needs I mean, block when he needs to block and basically provide some good defense, maybe maybe Horiguchi will win via decision. But I think that I think that Nasakawa's gonna win this fight via knockout.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Try and think of um of other th- of other things we can talk about with this fight. Uh oh yeah, during the Arise of Confessions video as well, Tension said that they had devised a plan to beat Gucci. They didn't really uh expand upon it anymore. But apparently, he says he has some sort of move or something that he, that he knows that Gucci will not be will not see coming. Apparently, do you think that uh that Tension can do? You know, Tension is also very very. He does a lot he does these flying kicks, flying knees, these rolling thunder kicks. Do you think he can do any of that to Horiguchi? Or do you think that Horaguchi's prepared for that stuff?
1: I think he might. But I think Horiguchi would probably be well prepared for
0: that. Now do you want to talk about Tenshin's last kickboxing match that he had against uh Rautang? Uh how do you pronounce his last name? Uh yeah, his name is pronounced
1: Ratang, no, Ratong nong Yes. So. And that guy is now fighting for ONE FC.
0: Yes. Um. I believe then he won. win his match for ONE FC. I think. I think he did.
1: Uh, no, I don't.
0: I might. I don't know if he fought yet in ONE FC. Must be, I must be thinking of another of another Thai guy. Um. Who has a very similar sounding name? Because I thought there was one guy. For the for the for the show that just happened I I thought I, I thought it was but I'm probably wrong um so and the, did you get a chance to ever watch that match ah uh,
1: no I have
0: not now I mean, uh,
1: but I have heard that tension of cow won via extra round decision
0: yes now a lot of people thought that tension lost well, I should say a lot but a few people thought that tension lost that match also that was a match where he did break his hand, if I remember correctly, and why he couldn't he couldn't fight for any of the Rising cards that just happened uh, previously up until uh, Ryzen thirteen. So, um, what do you think that that do you think that uh, the you think he still has any effects of the broken hand? Do you think his uh, do you think that maybe th- he'll there'll be less power punches and more volume punches, perhaps by any chance? Eh, to be
1: honest, I don't know, because when it comes down to that hand injury that he suffered during that Rotong fight, I mean, I think that, I think that Nasakawa's was going to have to be extra careful
0: with the hand he injured to make sure he doesn't mess it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that Floyd Mayweather broke his hand during one boxing match, and it really... A really significant, he changed his whole entire boxing um, methods after that. I believe he started doing much more. He's it was less about knockout than it was, uh, it was it was it was less about the knockout and became more about volume. Do you recall that hearing about that? Uh, to
1: be honest, no, I
0: don't recall. I, I don't remember which fight it was, but whatever fight it was that he after he broke his hand. He started. He apparently, supposedly, this he stopped going for for powerful punches to knock out people, and that's how we got you know, the Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather that we have now. Um, yeah, the decision. The king of the of the, of the uh-huh. boxing decision, yes. Um. So yeah. Um. There, there, there was there's that you know to think of. Um. I mean. Again, you know, the reason why I pick Horiguchi is because I just you know. Why would he agree to this match if he thought he, he could lose? Uh, is if he's got enough? If he thinks that he could win this, he must have something. He must, you know, this must have been discussed, you know, for at least quite a while. And for him to to you know to do some kickboxing, I can't believe he's just been doing kickboxing only training the last few months to be preparing for this. It, it would make no sense. This has to be this had to be in the work the works for at least a year for him to be able to do you know both. You know, kickboxing focus and MMA focus training for the uh, for the uh, Grand Prix that he was in, maybe at the beginning of the year even as well. Um, so that's why I think that Horaguchi is going to win. I think he's just going to he's come he's coming to win this fight. I think without him thinking that if he thought he could lose, he would never take this. And I think I think the, it would be interesting to see a high level MMA striker against you know use that MMA striking against nasakawa because i don't i don't think nasakawa's ever fought a fighter like Horaguchi before maybe the closest is, is fujita at most yamato fujita but even then that's like mm-hmm. you know even that and the, that's, that's that's like that's it's still he's still N- nasakawa still knocked him out in that kickboxing match still um do you think after this though regardless of how this fight goes you think they'll do it an, 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 an mma match against uh Tension and Horiguchi?
1: Hey, if Boy Gucci wins this, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do that match. I mean, I would be surprised if they didn't do an MMA match between the two.
0: Honestly, you know, I don't think it would matter because, let's be honest, Horiguchi would probably destroy him.
1: Oh, oh, exactly. Of course he would. Unless they do
0: one of those weird, like, special rule MMA things, you know... You know, no no takedowns or whatever. Or no punches while the person's taken down or something like that. Then maybe Tension can win. You know, they do one of those old-school uh, Gracie Rules matches um, that, that, that they would always demand. Something like that. Then maybe... Oh, no. No. No 15,
1: 6... I mean, no 6-15-minute rounds. None of that special Gracie Rules crap. That's what people hated them... That's why people hate
0: them the most. Exactly. So you know, if if Horaguchi if, if those rules are applied to a Horaguchi uh, tension MMA match, and maybe Tension can win. Even then, though, I you know, I still think it's very I still think it's highly unlikely that Tension beats him in a Horaguchi. I put it this way: I think that that Horaguchi <laughs> has a better chance defeating Tension in a kickboxing match than Tension ha- has defeating Horaguchi in an MMA match. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what? I'll probably eat crow when I uh, when when tensions hands raised. But you know what? It's also cool to root for the underdog. So it's really cool, you know, to be able to say that you that you that the underdog defeated the person who everybody thought was gonna win. It's a cool feeling. And you know what? Uh, this this fight this this card has a has a lot of underdogs, major underdogs in this fight in in this in this, uh, in, this um, sh- in this card. And if they win. Yeah. It can mean mean a lot of great future things. And this is one of the few underdogs who I want to see win. To take a a, a nice big W home.
1: Exactly. But all in all, now that we have reviewed it, even though we have had a few delays, (laughs) what are your overall thoughts of this car going into next weekend? It's going to be a great time.
0: It happens. It's, this is going to be a great card. It's going to. Be, it's the one of the shows I'm looking most forward to this year. Um, probably, as of right now, it is the most fo- looking... It's the most... It's the rising show I'm most looking forward to um, out of all the ones that happened in 2018. Um, I don't see a bad match on the Well, maybe one bad match on the card. Other than that, one... Oh,
1: of course. The one bad match was Bob Sapp versus... Narashi.
0: All these matches make sense from makes make sense from a booking standpoint. You know you can you know winners. You know if going in the future. You know you can definitely see them being booked for Ryzen fourteen or Ryzen shows in twenty nineteen. None of these mm-hmm. none of the fights feel like they are. You know oh just put that there because we need to fill a spot. These all these fights seem to have purpose that they're leading to something. And I think that's also important as well. That's one of the things that I think the last show didn't really have a lot of. I feel like a lot of the fights did not, were just, they were like, uh, you know, we got to carve the fill in, in Nagoya. Fill up some fights. You know, put some fights in there. Put four kickboxing matches and the rest MMA matches. And, you know, I do think that this, this fight has a lot of great, you know, I, I don't know what will be the fight tonight. There might be multiple fights in the nights. Um... I think this is gonna be one of the most memorable cards and I hope, you know, this is Ryzen's breakthrough into getting a bigger audience with uh, obviously the open weight match, which unfortunately will get big more people tuning in, but more importantly the main event, which is we're just selling tickets, and I'm really glad that you know that the main event can take all the credit for, for taking for getting those tickets sold. How about you, Christian?
1: Hi. With the exception of the Osunarashi box-out match, I'm looking forward to all of the other fights in particular. I'm looking forward to all of those fights, from match one to the main event between Kyoji and Tension, with the exception of the box-out Osunarashi fight, of course. And I just hope that all of those fights can be better than expected.
0: Yeah, they always, you know, it definitely se- this is definitely... You know, Saitama is their home, and it seems like you know whenever they're in Saitama, they put on sh- better shows. I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. You know i I think this is going to be a card that everybody should tune into. Whether you like Japanese MMA, whether you, or, or you just like MMA in general, I think this is going to be this is going to be one of the most exciting cards of the year. I really am so looking forward to this card.
1: Hey, I am too, and you know when we review this. It'll probably be next week or two weeks after that. Probably in the middle of October, but when we do review this it'll be something interesting and something that we could be able to actually be happy to talk about for eons to come.
0: Yes. Um I hope we don't jinx it and every fight and every fight is a boring uh is just boring and just Yeah.
1: Every fight is a boring shit show, and the only fight of interest is the Bots Apple Sunarashi fight. I
0: don't think that will happen, though. I don't, that, that, there's been really no bad Rising cards, really. There's really I can't think of really a, a show where I was like, that was one of the worst shows of the year. There were some shows that I thought were mediocre or not, you know, eh, you know nothing too memorable. There's never, I never have said that was a bad Rising show. I don't think there's any. I can't think of one, honestly. Um,
1: well, with the exception of the one fight card that was broadcasted by Chinese commentators in April of 2016, at least from what I've been seeing there hasn't been no bad rising cards
0: was the Chinese or was a Russian? I think
1: Even, I, I mean the first two shows in 2015 though I mean the international feed at least from what everybody else was getting was Russian because Fight yeah. TV at the time now Paramount Network had the fights on a bit of a delay, yeah, the second I mean the third event that happened after that was done by Chinese commentary uh, every other fight after that was either put over for free on a I mean on eversport or for pay on fight TV, but still, ever since. Ever since the midpoint of 2016, there hasn't been a good—I mean, there hasn't been a bad Ryzen fight card. And I just hope that when it comes down to next weekend's fight card, it'll be no different.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, I also want to get uh, to let everybody know I'm going to be open up a contest soon as well for a Ryzen item. I have a Ryzen 11 and 12 program. Uh, that I got when I was at Ryzen 11. It's a combined program. They made one program for two shows. Um, it's all in Japanese, not in English. But I'm going to have a little giveaway. Uh, I'll talk about more of the with the review show. But uh, it will involve Twitter, and it will involve, involve listening to the show as well. So I just want to put it out there so that people uh, can, uh, can get excited that uh, they can possibly get a Ryzen item that they don't have to pay for, pay sixty dollars for for some third party shipper from all the way from Japan to get. Um, so I just want to put that out there. But um, other than that, you know, I think you know I'm so looking forward to this card. It's on Fight TV for people that are in the United States uh, that are non-Japan, I should say, um, and want to watch it uh, and support the promotion. Well, it
1: really doesn't matter where you're from. The U.S., the U.K., I mean Africa, the South of France, wherever. Basically, if you have Fight TV and you're not geo-blocked like how you are in Japan, yeah, you can watch this card for upwards of nineteen ninety nine.
0: And you get nineteen
1: dollars and ninety nine cents as far as the U.S. pricing goes.
0: Yep, and you're getting a bunch of great kickboxing mat. Oh, uh, great! You're getting some kickboxing matches, and you're getting a bunch of great MMA matches. And you get English commentary of Joe Ferraro and Frank Trigg. Hey, you know what? I think this is the show, if you wanted, if you were to just choose one show a year to watch, this might be the show, honestly, to, to go ahead and watch.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, other than that, um, you got anything else to say, Christian?
1: Well, no, other than the fact that, you know, again, thanks for having me on. I really appreciated the camaraderie when it comes down to being on this podcast. And, of course, if I can get my plug out real quick, Focus Fights, we focus on combat sports events and prospects from around the globe, and the MMA scenes of Japan, Russia, South Korea, the UK, and the US will be emphasized. Please feel free to follow Focus Fights on Twitter at Focus Fights, F-O-C-U-S-F-I-G-H-T-S. Or check out our website at focusfights.com. I am also on Twitter at ChrisGary92, C-H-R-I-S-G-A-R-Y 92, all in one word. Or you can, well, I don't want to give out my Facebook, but you can feel free to check out the MMA Opinion Facebook page as well. That's facebook.com slash the Opinion. Now
0: Andrew, do you want to give out do you want to give out your plugs? Uh, yes I do. Uh, I have the plug of the we are Rising podcast Twitter which is at we are Rising pod uh, on Twitter. Um, there is also we have also have an email uh, for questions, comments and what have you. We are Rising podcast at gmail.com uh, and um, that's it as of now. Um, yeah, that's uh, oh, we do have a YouTube and page.
1: Who are you on Twitter
0: as well? Oh, uh, I'm a one If you wanna, if you wanna see stupid, just see me retweeting uh, stuff about wrestling and other stupid stuff. Um, oh, and I also oh, I, I do write for MMA Sucker uh, right now. Uh, publish- oh
1: yes, mmasucker.com
0: dot Promoted by
1: Mike Stroyets as the best MMA blog
0: to come out of Canada. Yes, it is. Oh, I didn't even know they were in Canada. Oh, I thought they were in the U.S.
1: <laughs> oh, no, they're in Canada, my friend. I think they're in, like, Vancouver or something.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Well, then, in that case, uh, oh, I, I write for a Canadian uh, for a Canadian group. That's cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically all the plugs I have. Um... Yeah, I I can't wait for this card, and I can't wait to talk about it after.
1: Yeah, but other than that, if you want to check out more of our episodes, you can feel free to check us out on Twitter at the handle mentioned by Ben. I mean Andrew Benjamin at We Are Rising Pod, or you can check us out on SoundCloud and all those great sound all those great sound options. We hope to have it soon on iTunes, ugh. but who knows?
0: iTunes is ugh. I I, can't, I I fucking hate iTunes. I their, 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 their requirements make no sense because I I've, I've completed the requirements and they still say I don't make a requirement. So I I'm I don't know what to do. I honestly don't know.
1: What to do. I understand. I understand. But, but, but steal dude.
0: Before it's we go though,
1: with,
0: Uh there huh? is one. We did have one question. I would like to, uh, we uh regarding kickboxing MMA matches. Um, oh
1: yes, go ahead and. Let's go ahead
0: and get that out of the way before we end this program. Yes, King Silo uh, on Twitter. Um, you have his Twitter handle. Uh,
1: let me go ahead and check. I think his Twitter handle is. I
0: accidentally. I had it on my phone, and I I accidentally. Uh, King twenty four. Yes. Uh, he he. One of the questions he had was best MMA versus kickboxing matches. What do you think? Well,
1: do you wanna do you wanna give that out? I mean, all I got is all I basically got is Masato versus kid Yamamoto and Isaki Kato versus Joe Schilling.
0: Uh, I do like Jerome Banner versus Donna Fry, if only because it shows such a disparate of uh, <laughs> <laughs> and skills between the two and why Don Fry should never have taken that match ever. Um I guess Hari over him is probably maybe would maybe be the most technical kickboxing match, uh, I think, out of all those. Would you say so? I mean, yeah, I can agree with you. And you
1: know what's funny to me is that Quentin Rampage Jackson, as we all know, MMA badass, he had two kickboxing bouts as well against Cyril Labidi in K. I mean, not just at the Dynamite Shockwave show in... The summer of 2002, but he also had one against Sabidi I think, at a Dynamite Show on New Year's Eve, one only one of those years ago.
0: Yeah, uh, as well, you know, we have, you know, Mark Hunt had a ton of kickboxing matches against Jerome Banner, Krokop. Uh, um, uh, did, did he defeat Crocop in K1 or Pride? I keep on I get too confused all the time. I
1: think he lost to. I mean,
0: I think Mark Hunt lost to Miracle in Pride. Okay, that's that makes more sense. Um, you know, Mark Hunt was always you know an exciting K one fighter. You know, it's very hard. Was he a kick? He was a kickboxer first, then MMA fighter, right? Yeah, he was a
1: kickbox. I mean, Miracle was a kickboxer first. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't
0: count as well. That that wouldn't count as well. See, you know, it's so funny. I keep on forgetting that Mark Hunt was was a kickboxer at first. Oh, it's so hard to forget that. You know, that's the thing is that. Um, uh, yeah, you know it's very hard. You know, probably my favorite out of you know just you know that I could think of really is maybe really is is Hari versus Overeem. That's probably like my favorite favorite just from a technical standpoint. You know the, the Yamato Masato one was 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 great, but I think other than that first the first round um, knockdown he got Masato. <coughs> There, it was really not there was really no there, there it was no chance for kid I have to say unfortunately um, mm-hmm. yeah at least with Overeem, you know we had the power to knock out Hari and you know that's what happened so um, so you know I think that's that was it was at least more interesting from a different standpoint than Masato kid was um, but who knows? Kyochi Horiguchi intention may be the best one of all time. We'll have to see.
1: Exactly. But other than that, the next time you'll hear from us again, we will be reviewing Ryzen 13, and we hope that you all join us.
0: I hope so, too. I hope... Uh
1: Uh-huh. So, other than that, we are about to go. Thank you for those who have been joining us. We are glad you are a part of the Fight fandom with us, and we are thankful that you listen to us on the We Are Rising podcast.
0: Thank you, everybody. Take care.